0: Happy Friday Night Sifters, it's Game Face episode 152, our last regular episode of Game Face for 2018. It's been a crazy ride this year, but everything is starting to wrap up. We have one more episode before the year's over though, and as you probably guessed, that is our Game of the Year for 2018 episode. That is going down on Tuesday, so just four or five days to wait for the next episode. It'll be our Game of the Year where we pick winners. And runners up in, what was it last year, like 15 categories? 13, I think it was. I don't remember. Somewhere around there. Um, So that'll be on Tuesday, and it'll probably be at 5 p.m. Pacific again, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Seems to be working out for us. Of course, it's already dark here, Mm -hmm. because it's like the dead of winter. Um, Otherwise, though, uh, it's been a great year. I want to thank all you guys for hanging with us on the stream all the way throughout 2018. Uh, thanks to everybody who subscribed via Twitch Prime throughout the year, that has turned out to be a nice revenue stream for us. In fact, some of you guys may be ready to uh, re-up your sub on tonight's stream. Uh, so I just want to thank you guys for sticking with that. I know it's a pain in the butt to have to do it every month. Um, I probably wouldn't want to have to do it, so I appreciate you guys going the extra mile. It does absolutely make a difference for us. And the year is winding down. Uh, yeah. Not much left. Yeah, I mean, all the big games are out. We talked about the last one, last or the last two last week, Just Cause mm-hmm. 4 and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, so tonight's show is a little bit angled towards indies. Uh, there's a couple of big indie releases that came out this uh, week that we're going to talk about, a couple other bigger games, but I will say right off the top that I think you're probably going to be getting off the stream here in an hour and a half or two hours. It's not one of our bigger episodes. We only have four topics for tonight's show. So I know I've said that before and the show's gone much longer, but... Yeah. I think that'll be that. Usually, that
1: happens when it's like, you know, news topics that have more stuff going on with them, whereas these are more. uh, These are all games.
0: A lot of times, too, if our show ends up coming in shorter than usual, we'll do an extended Q and A or something to Mm -hmm. make up for it. So, and we probably will. We'll do a little more Q and A this episode than normal. Uh, But with that, let's get on with the show. We got some great stuff to talk about, and we're gonna kick things off with Devil May Cry Five. Matt, when I came over and you saw the rundown. Uh, you were puzzled as to why we'd be talking about Devil May Cry 5. And the reason we are talking about it is because there there was, I'm not sure if it's still there, but there was a free demo on on exclusive to Xbox, I should add, uh, that was up this week, and I downloaded it. Good it... we're getting the word out, Capcom. Yeah, so that was my point. That's what I was getting at, is that I don't think anybody even realized it. I that... had no idea. I mean, we curated a story to Sifted, but
1: it's like, you know. I look at the Xbox store almost every day.
0: Yeah, and it was buried in there. It was hard to find. Um, But yeah, there was a demo of Devil May Cry 5, a free demo, up on Xbox Live all week. Again, not 100% sure it's still there, uh, but I did download it, and I did play it. Um, It's about a 20-minute-ish demo, and the way the demo works is you start from the beginning every time you die. So Mm. there is a boss fight at the end, and I will fully admit that I never did defeat the boss. Um, When you lose to the boss, you would start right back here again so i played it three times i think never did manage to beat the boss i got him down pretty close on my last run uh, but was unable to beat him but i did spend a lot of time with the combat and understanding kind of how the gameplay loop works and how the level design works and uh it is 100 percent devil may cry hmm. uh, without a doubt this isn't some kind of spin thing where you'll play it and you'll be like wait a minute how is this devil may cry it is dyed in the wool legit devil may cry um, the control scheme in the game is very simple on the outside, but as you start playing you start to understand how they've kind of layered the depth into the game. So you basically just have three buttons. You have an attack button for your sword, you have a gun button, and then you have a devil trigger button. Now, the devil trigger is not something that's new to the franchise, but the way that they handle it in this is a little different. So for those of you who don't know, the devil trigger is basically these bracers that you get on his arm, on Nero's arm. And I'm assuming that this demo is set up in a way that they just give you several of them right out of the gate, Mm -hmm. but if you play the real game, you probably have to earn them as you go. Uh, But for this demo's purposes, they gave you three different uh, devil triggers that you could use. And each one of them basically gives Nero, or Dante, special abilities. So one of them is almost like this sonar type of blast that you can use up close, but then you can also use it to sort of teleport around. Um, and you can also use it to grapple to enemies. And you can grapple enemies to you to pull them in to start a combo. Um, and then the other two that I used were just kind of like you're seeing one right now. It's kind of an electricity attack that shocks enemies and kind of freezes them. Um, but the way that the Devil Triggers are handled is a little weird. So you can't see it right now. Actually, maybe just take down the graphic just for a second, Sam. See the bottom right there, that's where you see the three different abilities that you have. And so it took me forever to figure out, okay, how do I switch through the triggers? Mm. How can I choose which one I want? And I had found a button that would do it, but every time it would. So you can see there, it says like Overture, four out of four. I found a way to do it, but when I would do that, it would take away one of the abilities from that trigger. So if I would switch with the left shoulder button, it would take away one of the old triggers and then switch to the new one. So I thought that was wrong. I thought I was doing something wrong. It turns out that is actually how it works. That's how you swap the devil triggers. When you go to swap one, you're going to sacrifice one of the charges
1: from that devil trigger. Mm. Um, It is interesting to change because in the old games, uh, devil trigger was just sort of... You know, the meter thing filled up, and you hit the button, and you turn into a da- demon for 30 seconds, and yeah. re- wrecked house, and that was the end of it.
0: Now, I'm not 100% sure how many total triggers are going to be in the final game, but if there are three in the demo, I'm guessing there's probably going to be five or six. That's my guess, anyway. Um, using the sword, uh, you can... The combos are pretty simple when you're on the ground. It seems like Nero has, like, a three- or four-hit combo that just kind of repeats over and over. Uh, you can hold... The attack to do a powered-up attack, Uh, and then you have a jump button, of course, and that's where you kind of get into more of the depth of the combat, because you can jump and then while you're in the air, you can kind of lift enemies off the ground and juggle them mid-air. It's Devil May Cry. It's what has been a part of Devil May Cry all along. And then there's the gun button, and mixing all those three things in there, you obviously try to go for as stylish a combat as possible and there's ratings that pop up kind of in the middle right hand side of the screen. Uh, for the most of my for most of my play time it was pretty demoralizing because I kept getting a D for dismal. Hmm. Uh, so I never really figured out how to string together like 100 hit combos which are absolutely a possibility in this and every other devil maker. I think the longest hit combo I had was like 20 or something like that. I never did get a double S throughout all my time playing the demo unfortunately. Um But yeah, a big part of Devil May Cry to get those higher ratings is mixing up the combat. So mixing in the gun with the sword, with the leaping, with the devil trigger. And if you mix that stuff up, the better you mix that stuff up, the higher ratings you get. And then ultimately when you finish a level, you get rated on that level, blah, blah, blah. Again, very much Devil May Cry. Now the one thing I would say that kind of surprised me about this game is that the level design has not changed. Um, we're in this era of open world, freedom, go wherever you want, do whatever you want. Devil May Cry 5 is very much a throwback in that it is 100% linear, and the levels are basically 100% linear. There's a couple like side paths you can go down and maybe find some red orbs or some green orbs, but for the most part, it's just this track that you run down. Um, and even in this demo, there's some very simple puzzle stuff. You pick up this item... You have to take it back to this other place. It's like this weird, like, heart that has legs. Hmm. And then you insert it into this vagina-looking thing, and then it, like, crumbles the wall down. So there's very simple puzzle-like stuff. Um, And again, that's something that you would find in Devil May Cry and past entries in the franchise. Um, And again, like other Devil May Cry games, you can upgrade pretty much everything. You can upgrade your devil triggers, you can upgrade your sword, your gun... And that is done, if you if you were paying attention to the B-roll early on, uh, you see a scene with a girl. Well, that girl is like your, basically your mediary between you and the office. And she cruises around in a van. And at the beginning of this demo, the van rolls up and kind of parks in the middle of the level. And that is where you go to, and here's here what I was talking about earlier, where you get this item and then you have to take it to this other place to use it. Um, But the van is where you go to upgrade all your stuff, and it's disabled in the demo. You can't do any upgrades, and I think a big part of that is because they've already kind of powered you up for the demo. Um, Story-wise, writing-wise, not great. What have I experienced so far? It tries to be funny, because it is Devil May Cry. It's kind of one of those tongue-in-cheek franchises, lots of corny one-liners and things like that. Nira's writing's not too bad. Like, the boss fight at the end, he has a dialogue back and forth with this hideous creature. And that has some levity, some funny moments to it. Uh, But for the most part, the writing falls flat, at least what I've I've experienced from this. Uh, this, They don't really tell you a whole lot about the story in the demo. So I don't have a really solid grasp. Like, when you fight the boss at the end, he talks about how he's trying to... Gather as much human blood as possible so he can be the king of the underworld, but then presumably you kill him. So I, I don't that's probably not a major part of the story arc. Um, performance wise, the engine runs great. It's I would venture to guess it's 60 frames per second. I was playing it on the base Xbox one, and that's what you're seeing here right now. Uh, the game looks good even on the base Xbox one, which I can't say about a lot of third party games in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they put an increased focus on this because they had some kind of a marketing plan all along with Microsoft. I don't know. It's a
1: little odd that this demo only appeared on Xbox. At least I think it is. I think it's because, uh, it's, it's the E3 demo. So, and I think they were showing that on Xbox. Were they? Yeah. Almost everything was being shown on Xbox at E3. Yeah, at E3
0: 2018, you're right. Xbox One X, a lot of stuff was being shown. And you may be right. Maybe they had the work done already and
1: they're just like, well. Yeah. Because I think, uh... i'd I'd be shocked if there wasn't a multi-platform demo later so here she comes in the van that you use to uh
0: upgrade but again in the demo you weren't able to use it so i wasn't really able to go through the trees and see just how far you could go how deep it, it went um but i mean i would say overall i really enjoyed my time playing this game it is a bit of a throwback it does feel like an older game in some ways um but You know, every once in a while, I don't mind that. I I don't mind a more straightforward experience that has more of a focus on your skills than, hey, look at this gorgeous level design, or here's all this adventuring and discovery that you can do. And I think in particular for this franchise, that sort of level design makes a lot more sense than it does for others. Would I like to see eventually an open world take on Devil May Cry? Sure. Um, Do I feel like I need it to enjoy this game right now? No, absolutely not. I had a ton of fun with this game, and again, I played the demo over several times, and I actually enjoyed it more every time because I got better at the combat and started to understand sort of the ebb and flow of how things work. Uh, So I think Devil May Cry 5 is looking good. It's coming in a couple months. Uh, It won't be that long until everybody gets to play it. And like you said, I would not be surprised if this demo appears on PS4 here during the Christmas holiday or maybe early in the year next year. Um, but right now, it's only on Xbox, and I don't even know if it's still up there for download at this point. So you might be able to give it a go this weekend, but I'm not 100% certain. Matt, what, what would you like to see change from prior Devil May Cry games, other than what I just talked about
1: with the sort of restrictive level design? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think they pretty much perfected it in 3. Yeah. Um, yeah I think uh, the Ninja Theory game was fine, but I don't have a huge attachment to... You established Dante character, uh, so I didn't mind the changes there. I yeah. thought it was a good game. Uh, 4, I thought, was a little meh, uh, in part because you weren't playing as Dante anymore and in part because it did that thing where you you play through half of the game and then you turn around and go back the way you came for the second half of the game. It was and, a small game, but yeah. they found a cheap way to try to extend its life. Um, And I hope that's
0: not what happens here. I hope this isn't a... I mean, they did announce this and release it in, what, an eight-month period?
1: total. Yeah, but it doesn't look like they only spent eight months on it. No, absolutely not. Um, But I'm like, you know, at this point, I just sort of hope they... They they don't have to keep reinventing the wheel, I guess would be what I'd say about this series. Like, just look at what you did right in 3 and do that again. Um, You know, apply modern tech, apply modern you know the the hardware power to, to let you do some things with it that you maybe couldn't do or couldn't do fully before but like i don't i don't think Devil May Cry really needs uh, a massive reinvention to make a good i mean maybe it does to sell the numbers that maybe capcom wants it to but i don't know like this game has its audience and i don't know how much further it's going to go but uh it's probably better to keep the fan base happy that has kept the series going since 2001 or so than it is to try to capture a bunch of people that have never heard of it before. How long has it been since
0: the last DMC? Not counting the Ninja 3 one.
1: Oh since that was since four? Yeah. Was that? That would be that was like two thousand nine. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: think it was.
1: Holy crap. That's a long time. It has been a long time.
0: I wonder too if there you know obviously people like us know Devil May Cry and we're fans of it, but I wonder if the new generation of players It's a good question.
1: I mean, I think they'll care once they see this, and it looks cool. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't think the numeral five at the end of the title is a big deterrent in a video game. No, not at all. Especially a game that I mean, who? I mean, does it matter the story? You know, do you need to know what happened in the other four? No. In this franchise, no, no. no not at all. <laughs>
0: you definitely don't need. There's to know demons,
1: there's swords, there's guns. Look cool, go. Yeah, like, it's, pretty it's all much. You need.
0: Well, I wonder about the design though. Since it is kind of a throwback to the games of yore, if uh, if new players will resonate with it as much.
1: They seem to like Bayonetta okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not, uh, there isn't, that's the thing is, there isn't really anything else like these anymore. You know, there's, you got Devil May Cry. Some would say there's
0: a reason for that.
1: Well, I think the reason is they're hard to make. Like, you know, it's easy to make a shitty character action game. Yeah. Um, it's also got a little bit more, it's more of a Japan-centric Subgenre, like, you know, like they do the character action stuff better than pretty much anybody. So it's not surprising that, like, you don't see that come out of the West very often. Um, the closest we probably get were those terrible Russian games, uh, X Blades. Yeah. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. Bl- or Blades of Time or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, it never quite comes off right. And I think, um, you know, you've got uh, this, This you got Bayonetta, there's, I think there's another one that I'm forgetting.
0: Well, the new Bayonetta's coming to Switch.
1: Yeah. Um, so, like, it's like, basically, it's like these guys in Platinum. Pretty much. They're the ones that's who make the, these, these, yeah. these, this type of game now. And, uh, you know, Platinum's famous for applying kind of that combat style to almost anything you can think of, up to it yeah. including licensed Ninja Turtle games and Transformers games. Um, the
0: combat in this does feel amazing. Mm-hmm. It is, it's so responsive... So quick. Yeah, and so actually fast, so actually deep. I would
1: argue that Darksiders three is a good example of why most people don't attempt it. Yeah. Because it doesn't turn out point. too well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of Devil May Cry influence in Darksiders three, but there's very little that lives up to the legacy of Darksiders or of Devil May Cry in Darksiders three. That's that's a very uh, it's, a, good it's point. a hard thing to do right. Yep. But
0: so, based upon what I've played of this so far, they're absolutely nailing it. They're doing a really good job. I am excited to play more of this game um i might even play through the demo again and try to finally beat the boss and see what happens after i beat him um but uh i don't want to say yet it's a return to form for the franchise i know a lot of people were disappointed by dmc devil may cry i wasn't one of them i thought it was a good game um i think a lot of people were just more concerned about the character and things like that than Mm -hmm. actually what it was like to play it but i feel like in devil may cry 5 they're getting both they're getting the characters that they love the characters that they want to play as and they're getting a throwback to that more traditional style of game in the vein of what made it popular in the first place. So, uh, to me, the game's shaping up pretty well. It's looking pretty good. Hey, it's running well on Xbox One. (laughs) That's that's apparently no no small feat anymore. Again, this is being played on base Xbox One, not Xbox One X. So, uh, pretty auspicious demo. If you guys can go out there and get it, I definitely recommend going and snagging it. It is absolutely free on Xbox. I think it'll probably appear on PlayStation. It may not, though. Uh, so if you have both, I would recommend just going and grabbing it for Xbox right now and giving it a whirl this weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about one of two indie games that we're going to talk about in this episode. Uh, and this one, reviews came out yesterday. Yesterday or the night before. Yeah. Uh, the game is called, I believe it's called
1: Greece. Yeah, Greece. Is Grease. Greece. Okay. Spanish for gray. Oh, okay. Um, it's also a lot of other languages for gray, but since the developers in Barcelona, I figure it's Spanish.:
0: That's Barcelona mm-hmm. <laughs> It drove me crazy when I went there that everybody pronounced it that way, but I guess that's the proper way to pronounce it. Um, so I've not
1: played Greece. Mm. Greece. <laughs> Greece. You have. Yeah. Uh,
0: this game is getting really high review yeah. scores.
1: Also, some of my Swedish friends are amused because apparently that means pig there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's what they said. They said it's a, it means some, It means pig, I think.
0: And I wonder if that's like the origin of the word gristle that we use.
1: Yeah, it might be. It's
0: possible. Anyway, um, this game has been getting sky high review scores. Like people gushing over it. I think there was, of all the reviews we curated for this, there was one that was negative. I think that was US Gamer.
1: IGN dinged it pretty hard too. They gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Oh okay, okay. I didn't see that. Um, for being basically for being beautiful but not difficult, which is like I don't I don't know if you really get what they're after in this game. Um, but uh, everything's got to be a Souls clone now, man. Yeah, it was a weird. Uh, yeah, I saw that tweet too, <laughs> um, from the rock paper shotgun guy. Yeah. I don't understand what he's talking about in that tweet. I don't. Like, I, I, and everybody kept asking for examples, and he didn't give any. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what he's saying. Because I, I play, I like Dark Souls. If there were a lot of Dark Souls likes, I'd totally want to play them, but, but I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't either. But um, Greece is, um, it's a, you know, it's an indie side-scrolling platformer, uh, so naturally it is about depression. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a platformer for that. It's, uh, it's an indie game, so of course it's about depression. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but if it's, an, it's a side-scrolling plat- platformer, you know it is. Yeah. But uh, so basically, you you play uh, as I've seen it described. The the, the girl here is uh, is Greece. She's you know play, gray. She's in her gray robe. Because she's um, depressed, man. Well, she's she's not though, because <laughs> um, you, it seems to take place somewhat in the psyche of a girl who's in mourning or in the stages of grief or something like that. And you see her as the as the giant statue of a of a crying woman that you start the game in. And she you know, crumbles or whatever, and you drop very far into this you know, sort of ruined world. And you go through all these pla- kind of platform areas. You, you you cover the same ground several times. Like it's, it's all takes place in a fairly small area. But uh, the trick is you're you're basically looking for um, to get through each platforming area, and you'll get to a new uh, stone hand of the girl usually. And that will be where you sort of do this, like kind of, like kind of. She rolls into kind of a ball, and a new color is added to the world. Okay. So you're adding colors to the world. So the first one is red, and it, and it turns the, the 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 world's kind of gray here. When you add red, it it turns um, it turns the world into sort of a blasted desert, like a like a like a, It's like you know presumably the the anger part of the grief process sort of thing, and you have to deal with uh, winds that'll blow you back if you're on shelter and stuff like and then, like, later on, after that, you get green uh, is the next color, and that causes, uh, plant life to bloom again, and that becomes, you do some Tarzan-style sliding down vines, and jumping on various trees, and things like that, and I'll, over the course of the game, and you see here, you, you have these little, like, orbs that help you get places, and the key part of the orbs is you use the orbs to get new abilities. So this is um, this is so this is after green has been unlocked, uh, and this is the second ability. Yeah, the first one you get is to smash down in a big heavy block, and the second one is you get to double jump and glide, and then if you find these uh, little little red uh, butterfly bird things, you can super jump straight up. Okay. And as you get it, it's it's a little Metroidy in the sense that as you get uh, each of these abilities, you then can then access new parts of. The world that you've been been before, and it, it, it's very elegant in how it kind of guides you into where you need to go. I never got lost once, even though there's no no real map, there's no um, there's no real no way to know where you are uh, beyond where you know just looking around your immediate surroundings. But I never got lost, even when like I was retreading the same areas with new additions because of the new ability I got. It always guided me pretty very transparently and very um, uh, I would say pretty elegantly into where I needed to be next. I never got stuck. Uh, I got stuck in a couple of platforming, like two platforming things, maybe. But beyond that, like I never got a, had a, hit a point where I'm like, "Well, I gotta look up where I need to go next," because this thing got too obtuse. It never does that. What's um, the deal
0: with the transforming platforms? Will they go from like a square to a triangle or whatever? Yeah, that's,
1: that's part of the green edition. So those are like kind of trees and bushes, and they will. Yeah, you know, if, if you've ever played the Mega Man levels where the the blocks appear and reappear, yeah. like that's uh, it's pretty much that. That's it's all like it is. Platforming okay. stuff like that. There are a couple of you know, areas. Yeah, she
0: wasn't manually doing it. Like there the are isn't there are places
1: it. where they shift when you jump. Okay. But that's not. Once very you're common. in air, they'll change. No, like every time you press the jump button, they oh, switch. Oh, that can so you have some to, pretty so you have to comments. navigate based on you can only jump, you know, where where you get and then here. Here's like, so you've got the double jump now, and uh, so they start adding things where, like, if you're going the other way across. How you're... do you know that those platforms are going to be there? Because you see them. Before you make that first jump, you don't, though. Well, they're a pattern. you just, you got to watch.
0: Okay, so they just go in a sequence. Yeah, you can a, watch a patterns. Pattern. Okay, yeah, gotcha. the patterns. Okay,
1: gotcha. So she's like, going to hover there. Yeah, there right. you go. Okay, gotcha. Now it. that one's going to disappear, and she's going to double jump and hover, and, and then she lands, you know, just inside. Because if you, she didn't hover, uh she, she would have fallen because yeah. it didn't appear in time so it's that kind of thing and uh, you know as you go on like there's you know the the, the, the it goes some the the colors add the, that you add uh kind of create some surprising situations you know here you go what's with, going on here that you should so all those red bird things that's when you're on one of those red bird things you can do a super jump and so there's red bird things everywhere so she can super jump as much as as she much as she place. wants okay got you There's no limit to how many super jumps you can do as long as you keep finding red birds. Now, you can't die, right? No. There's no death in this game. No death.
0: Which is the polar opposite of the game we're about to talk about next. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, you you can't die. Um, You can get stuck, but you can't die. Uh, There's no way to get, uh, you know, you can get stuck in the sense that you don't know what to do. But there's no way to end up in a situation where you have to start over or, you, you know, nothing like that. Um, I guess it's been, it's been criticized a little bit for that, that, you know, it's like, oh, there's no threat. Because there's there are scenes where, like, um, eventually in the game, the depression or the bad thing that the girl is upset about is personified by a giant black mass of goo that takes the form of, like, a really loud, annoying bird and a scary moray eel that chases you. But, like, the moray eel chases you through this area. What's going on with the sperm box there? <laughs>
0: Like, like she was in the shape of a box with like little sperms falling. Oh, that's along. her.
1: That's the the weight. Okay. Ability. So if you're in, in midair when you do that, you smash. That's down. the first ability. You yeah. Get? Okay. And if you do it on the ground, you just you just can't be blown away by the wind. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. And the little the little the little white dots are, um, they're like little sprites that you can find, and like you need them to unlock keys or like unlock bridges. Like they'll form br- like star signs, basically. They're stars, and they. They'll unlock your new abilities, and they'll unlock uh, bridges to get you to different places.
0: This little sequence right here is amazing. Yeah. So this with is the bird.
1: So this, yeah, the bird is is that's the personification of the depression, basically. Okay. It'll chase you around, but it can't hurt. You can't kill you. Yeah. Um. There's nothing can. No. There's the the moray eel thing. Will chase you around a lot, but like you know, and, and What whatever if you just and stop, it feels, stop. Oh, they'll just yell at you. Like the like even if you just stop when you're being chased by the eel. Like, you'll just automatically get out of its mouth in time. Uh, like, you can stay ahead of it faster and do it a little better manually, but you don't need to play it. Now, how do you feel about that? The fact that
0: there's really no threat in the game and you can just... I don't care. Doesn't, like, you don't think it
1: would be better if there were some semblance of tension in the game? No. I mean, it's not really about that. I think it's uh, it's, it's more a... it's more about being an art object and sort of... You know, letting you figure out where you need to go and how you need to deal with things without just making you repeat shit over and over again, and I do appreciate that to some degree. Um, it makes the puzzle solving a little less annoying when you're not having to jump the same up the same place. And there are plenty of places where I think if you're not really well versed in sort of the language of platformers, that you would um, get stuck. Maybe not really know what it was trying to tell you to do. Uh-huh. You know, like there's there's an element of like where you know I think because of I feel like this is made for not just you know, people like us who play games all the time. It's made for people who want to play something pretty and, and something Different. that has a little... I mean, the metaphor is a little on the frickin' nose. I yeah. mean, it's, it's not a subtle game in terms of what it's trying to represent. It's not like you're going to have to dig for the themes right. on this one. It's <laughs> like, a lot of people. her name kidding. is Grey. She's <laughs> trying to get away from a big black monster blob thing. She's bringing color back to the world and trying to reassemble a crying woman. I mean, it's like, come on. Well, like, a lot of people you know, have compared this to uh, Journey. Yeah, there is some journey to it, for sure, you know, in the same way. What what ways um, do
0: you feel like it's similar, and what ways do you feel well, like it's she's, not? Well,
1: she's got the cape. Yeah? And uh, sort of the... the smock. Is the wordless sort of, you know, there's no dialogue, there's no you know, words in the game. Oh, okay. Um, it's... Uh, you know, it's it's more about kind of getting from here to there and figuring out how to get from here to there or there's not as much figuring out and journey right um, there are also little secrets you know secret things to find like you go through more difficult platforming sections to get to these little like kind of circles that like you 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 see I and mean, when you see when you get back to the the kind of the central hub there's little symbols for each area and like they show like which ones are you know there's little, all the symbols have like there's a symbol for each circle thing and they're all lit up the ones you got. So I assume if you collect those all, something happens. I did not because I, why, you know. (laughs) Just watch the video on YouTube. (laughs) And, uh, but it's fine, you know, it's fine. I feel like, I feel like there are points in this game where I just ran through stuff like that a less experienced player would kind of wonder why I knew to do that. Uh It's like, but like, there's that thing where like, if you play enough platformers, you sort of understand the language. You, you start of, to figure out the tells. Yeah, you yeah. know, you know what what they're trying to tell you to do. You understand kind of what it's tra- like, hinting at you visually, um, and it's smart about stuff like that. You know, like, like so the the earliest use of like the smashing block thing is to smash, uh, like you know loose loose thing like rubble or floor, so you can smash through them and get to a new area. Oh, okay. Um, but early on. It does two things that I thought were smart. First, it drops you on one of the one of the the smashable blocks before you get the ability. Mm-hmm. But you can see when you jump up and down on it, it's giving. It, it rattles, and uh-huh. there's a thing you want. You know, there's a, one of those circle secrets is below it. You're like, uh-huh. how do I get down there? And then you go back. You know, the next screen, you get the thing, like, and you go back. Oh, okay, I, I get dots, it. Yeah. And then as you are moving through, the immediate after area, there are like little stacks of like little like kind of like. Um, little like like rocks and, and, and little tiny bits, bits of pot. It looks, it almost looks like the, like the Blair Witch stick figure oh, okay. thing. <laughs> and they rattle when you walk by, and if you sm- if you do the drop thing, they fall apart. So it teaches you that the the brick thing can also smash stuff. Right. And you do right. need to do that very shortly to let uh red the red birds out of various pots, so you can get up further. Um, and here here you see uh she this is she's adding blue this is a third color so she's adding so blue. when you
0: add a color it adds it to the large woman first and it adds it, it to the entire world it spreads out to the rest of the world yeah
1: and that always uh, changes things so like the blue will add water to, to various places that used to be um, impassable gaps and uh, now you can now you can get in the water and sort of paddle across over or whatever and you know and that eventually like, eventually you do get the ability to swim and um, then it almost turns into kind of an echo the dolphin sort of thing like there's a lot of Swimming and platforming, like... Do you jump out of the water? Yeah, like, like oh. using, like a, da- like, a, use like, a dash to, like, jump out of the water, and then, like, there'll be, like, areas where, like, the gravity reverses, so you have to jump out of the water, reverse gravity, land in the next pile, like, puddle of water, and, like, jump back out and pick up a piece, a bunch of red birds and la- leave them in midair when you jump, and then do a super jump back up through the gravity change into, the like, the upside-down water up there. Like, it gets pretty trippy. Um, I thought it was all fairly simple, but but pleasant. I think uh, less less experienced platform players might find it very uh, find it a little more uh, complex to get through some of those sections but I thought it I thought it ramped nicely it never really gets to crazy difficult realms but it got to like satisfying realm. it was challenging yeah it, it was it was fine it was fun here's the stuff you were yeah, talking about. yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're just burning through here the animation's amazing it really all is points. yeah
0: i mean i've been just sitting watching the monitor the whole time Even talking about yeah, it it's it, a stunning game and
1: that's it's got a little bit of abzu to it in in the sense of just like looking at the world as part of the game uh-huh. and part of the appeal um it took me about three hours to finish, to finish the whole, the whole thing. thing i did Yeah, it, i saw it. it looked like it was pretty short i did it in one sitting it's uh, 16 bucks um i thought that was fine yeah that's How much i pay for a two-hour movie yeah um I, I don't know if I'll ever play it again. Um, yeah, I guess that's the question. Is, I, or is there anything there that would motivate you to well, do it? Well, unless that? you want to go back and get all the secret things. Right. Um, there's a chapter select that unlocks it after you finish the game. Um, I could see myself going back and playing it like a year or two, like after I've forgotten most of it. I'd like, I'd like to see it again. You know, it's it's like a, it's like a nice you know, art book you take out every, right. every once in a while to look through. Can you recommend for any, I mean, even though you, you feel like it's a decent value
0: for the time you're getting, do you feel like you could recommend for someone to buy this right now? With, yeah, I would with say the holidays would, here and all the big games out.
1: I would think so. I mean, yeah. if if, it, if you're looking at this and you think it's pretty and it strikes your interest, uh, you're not going to be disappointed. It's uh, you know, in terms of sort of the meaningful working working out uh, an emotional issue indie game subgenre, like it's one of the better entries in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're so meta now. That's where we're at. We have, yeah there's like a depression genre now and pretty dra- much. I
1: mean
0: <laughs> <games>. <laughs> No, absolutely there is. It's funny. It's just the industry just is just going in all these weird directions Yeah. Like there's a
1: lot of different takes you can have. I mean, I'd say um, you know, the the what's the the one I the the missing, is that it? This, yeah. The pseudo like where the girl rips her own arm off and you have to use that. It's about similar things, but it's a very different tone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um you know, it's, it's uh, I'd say there's, if they're finding different ways to play with, but it is, like, I think if this was in 3D, it would be described as a walking simulator. Yeah. Because you can't die, it's more about finding ways to progress than finding ways to defeat something. Right. Um, even though the overall ob- objective is to defeat depression, at least temporarily. Um, and, you know, the metaphor works, it's just a little heavy-handed in terms of, like, you know, they, they certainly don't want you to miss what they're saying. Um, which is, you know, understandable in a game with no dialogue, but, uh, some people might find that a little pretentious. I did not think it was that bad. I didn't, I thought it was a, it was, you know, if, if it didn't, if it didn't nail its visual look as well, maybe like it would p- come off a little more like that. But I think, uh, because of how well they realize it visually, uh, like they can get away with a little, uh, get, they can get away with it being a little on the nose. Yeah.
0: It's like, I liked Journey. I had fun playing
1: it. It's definitely longer than Journey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, when I played Journey and I finished it, I was like, I-, I don't understand why everyone's going like freaking out over this game.
1: I like Journey. I didn't think it was the greatest thing I'd ever played. I- I'd say the same thing about this. You know, I know I've seen people talking about how they-, they cried at the end of this game, and I'd, okay, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People cry at the end of Terminator 2. That's cool. But like <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's great. It's you know, it's a really pretty game that. that and if you look at the credits, like maybe like t- ten people made it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a it's a
0: the artists on this game are really
1: skilled. Yeah, it's a definitely definitely a a small time production that had an idea and had a vision, and I can't imagine they didn't nail that vision because it looks like something that was plucked right out of somebody's imagination. It does. Um, now this is available for all platforms. No, it's only on PC and and Switch right now. Right. So this is the first. Here you go. So this is the first game of that wave. Of, mm-hmm. I've talked about before
0: about how it used to be every indie game was PC and PS4. PC PS4. PS4 was always the first console that an indie came to. That is changing. Mm-hmm. It is now shifting to where it's PC and Switch first. And this is really kind of the first high profile indie that does mm-hmm. that.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it came to other stuff later. Oh, yeah. But oh, for it sure. Definitely it's feels, definitely going to
0: come to PS4 and Xbox definitely and It definitely
1: feels like, given the, the, the sales and attach ratio of quality indie stuff that hits the Nintendo eShop, uh, these, these devs knew where their bread was buttered. Yeah. And uh, I, have no, I have no doubt it's going to work out very well for them, because uh, uh, I, th- I think it'll stand out. Visually. Oh, it stands
0: out no matter what. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those games you see once. So, I, yeah, you if, you, if you
1: have a PC, uh, I mean, almost any PC should be able to run this. And uh, if you Or if you have a Switch, um, I would strongly recommend give, taking a look at it. Which version did you play? PC. Okay. Um, I'm glad I did because there's so many tiny details and, like, the scale changes so much that I feel like playing on a handheld might be a little tricky at times. But yeah. uh, it wouldn't be too bad. I mean, this the Switch is... Handheld screen is is detailed, and, you know. It's it's high resolution enough that it should be fine. But uh, the other thing I would say is, um, it's very musically based. Like sound, the sound design is extremely good and extremely important to kind of you know setting the tone and, and helping you understand kind of what's happening. And there's like little visual, little little audio cues that will help you in certain places understand what you're supposed to do. Um, so I would definitely play this with either headphones or a really nice like sound system definitely definitely crank the volume on this one because it's uh, it's part of the experience all right right on 16 dollars 16 bucks yeah all right so there you go 16 bucks
0: on pc and switch mm-hmm. and you would recommend it
1: yeah let I me mean, know what you're getting but yeah. uh it, it's uh, as these things go it's one of the best i've played wow impressive all right we're gonna talk next about another indie game
0: this one has been in the cooker for eight years uh, announced it in 2013. At E3 2013 it was announced, but they had been working on it for a couple years Presumably, because
1: their last thing was like 2011 or 2012 or something. Yeah. yeah. And so this game is
0: called Below. Uh, Below, I think originally it was announced as an Xbox One exclusive.
1: It was an Xbox One launch game. Right. Well, it, it was supposed to be. <laughs> it was be. supposed to be an Xbox One launch exclusive.
0: <laughs> that obviously didn't work out. Um, and since then, with Microsoft's Play Anywhere initiative... It also is available for PC right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like one of and those... they have hinted
1: that there may be more platforms in the future.
0: Yeah. Um, this is one of those games that's kind of been shrouded in mystery. They have not put out hardly any media for this game.
1: They re- they've run real silent the last two years or so. They did a demo. at There was a demo playable at E3, I think, last year or the year before. Um, but this, Below, has been... Lowe's one of those games where, like, there it was one of those games where people occasionally would seriously propose the idea that was never coming out. Yeah. That it was, I think it, we
0: may have proposed that a couple
1: times. I never thought that would happen, but I I just didn't know. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where like, I'm, I know people that, like, work in the same city as that place, work in the, you know, people have worked on the game periodically, and they're just like, we have no idea, you know, that, that game's like every single time it seemed like going back to the drawing board to like figure out to add some new thing or like there was some new new idea or whatever it was like you know the game has gone through a lot of permutations Well, they completely... even even visually you can see like you know back in the in the early days uh, after it was announced it had more of like a voxel sort of look and yeah, feel it did, yeah. and the the final release has a lot more detail in the fine in the fine areas now so
0: I was surprised by this game. So, I didn't know a ton about Below before I played it, to be honest mm. with you. Um, again, because it's one of those games that's kind of shrouded in mystery. I think there's literally, and before like the last couple weeks, there were two trailers for this game. Total. Mm-hmm. Total. Since it, they first announced it. And so, whether intentionally or intentionally, I did not know a lot about this game. Uh, so, I was pretty I surprised. I think that was
1: intentional. I M- think there were. Maybe given especially how it's presented when you play it yeah it feels like they want you to sort of discover it as you go so i was pretty surprised to find out what it was so the game
0: begins and it starts with this really long shot yes uh it the screen's pretty much black and gray for the first like minute and a half or two minutes yeah it's a long then you start to see some clouds and then you see this little speck in the middle of the screen and slowly that little speck gets bigger and bigger and bigger till you find out that it's a ship sailing on the ocean. And then the camera follows the ship, it comes ashore on a beach. Mm-hmm. Your character gets off the boat and the game starts. And you have there's no dialogue, there's no tutorial, nope. there's no instructions. They just plop you down on the beach and they're like basically figure it out. Yep. And figure it out I did. What? <laughs> Again, I knew very little about this game coming into it, so I was shocked to learn that it is one of those games where when you die, you go back to the beginning. So It's a roguelike. It's a roguelike. So, basically the goal is how far can you get each time, I guess? Yeah. Um, And so... I, I'm not a fan <laughs> I generally do not like games like that at all uh, it's it's a survival game as well mm-hmm. so you're maintaining food and drink at all times they tend to and go temperature. down temperature and temperature they tend to go down very quickly particularly yeah you get food. hungry real fast like yeah this,
1: this dude's got some kind of metabolism problem or something yep and so man is eating turnips like no tomorrow yeah
0: and so you land on the beach You rummage around the beach, there's a campfire there. Mm. You light the campfire. I still have not figured out exactly what the campfires do. Other than the fact that you can craft at them.
1: Yeah, I I think they warm you up uh, if you're in a cold area. And also, I think they save. Do they? I think think it's a save point, or maybe not. I don't know. I guess guess I'll find out when I turn the game on again.
0: Yeah. Because I... So... I did have one point where it appeared like it did save a checkpoint, but then all the other times when I died, it just threw me back to the beach again.
1: Yeah, I haven't died yet, so I, don't, I haven't seen that part happen yet. Well,
0: it's... if you haven't died yet, is it on pause right now, or did you shut it down?
1: Yeah, probably a shut down by now. Okay, interesting. We'll see, we'll see what it I wonder what will like. happen whenever know. you go to boot it back up.
0: For me, I would die, and it would just cut to the beach, and the ship would roll up, and a different character would get mm-hmm. out, and you just start all over again. And like Dark Souls it's then your job to go and find your corpse and collect all your stuff again. Mm -hmm. And the game for me became this cycle of die, go back to the beach, make it an extra two screens, die, go back to the beach, again, come all the way. And you have to go through all the crap again. You have to climb up all the walls and go down the long staircases. And
1: I don't know. It It looks like, uh, from what I poked around with, it looks like... There are shortcuts to open up to get back to places faster. Eventually, probably. Um, Certainly, like there's a near the first campfire, you go in like a little hole there, and there's like a little there's like a a bridge bridge, that you can't get to because it's like held up by one rope you need to shoot the like, rope so, with so clearly the bow. you can you'll be able to create something there yeah i tried shooting it with a bow and i couldn't it wouldn't hit let me anything it. either yet. so i think you need to come back from the other side and cut it with a that's sword That's possible too and then yeah. that'll let you get back to that first campfire and then when if you die you can come back and go straight up that and that'll get because i think there's a lot of dark souls uh influence here and i'm sure that, i'm sure that's part of it um
0: the enemies in the game will kill you in just a couple hits uh, so you can't go all willy nilly with the sword and just mm-hmm. run in with you know, and just Although they are afraid of fire.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, there's a lot of elements you discover sort of just by trying it by accident. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of trial and error. The uh,
0: the graphics in the game it's so and this and it actually this is one of the things that delayed this game mm-hmm. is that they had to completely rewrite the graphics engine because. They were insistent on the fact that the camera is pulled so far back Um, and they were having problems with the engine running because it was, I don't know how you can't have an engine that can't draw that many polys on screen, but apparently theirs can't. So they had to go back and rework the graphics engine so that they could use that far out camera view the way that they originally intended. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the camera angle, the camera view in this? it's fine like it doesn't
1: you don't find yourself squinting trying to see no i mean i i can't i, I maybe squint to see like details on like the character but I, I i know where he is i know what i'm you know they they do code everything so that you can tell you know like a an item is a flashing white light and your guy always is in the middle with the with the you know the lantern or the shield uh if it's, something's gonna come at you it's got a it's a big it's a glowing red thing you know like. It, it They, they get it across. The one thing I will say is um, if they ever make this for the Switch, Forget it. I, That's not going to be a handheld mode game.
0: Well, actually, Matt, I don't know if you know or not, but there is a special edition of this game, and if you spend a little extra money, you get this promotional item that comes with it. Uh, Sam, can you bring that up real quick? I got an image of it there. There it is. Hmm. <laughs> Could be handy on the Switch. <laughs> Yep, so you spend an extra 10 bucks, they give you a magnifying glass so you can actually see your freaking character. <laughs> uh, my biggest problem with the visuals, I- I'm not a fan of the way pulled back thing, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I don't like that I can't really see anything. And the way the game works is it's, the, the initial stage is it's really freaking dark. And when you come into a room, there's a fog of war there. And Mm -hmm. as you make your way through the room, the fog pulls back and you can eventually see the whole level. So, not only is it really dark and is it hard to see, like, what's on the ground or what's going around, you also have this fog that keeps you from seeing stuff. So, in this game, you tend to just stumble onto stuff. Like, you'll stumble into an enemy and get hit, like, out of nowhere. You won't see him first. Um, You'll stumble into other hazards that you, you can't see coming. And so, everything being so small, your chances of seeing those hazards is, like, zero. It's, like, nil. And... The last couple times I played it before I gave up, I had made it farther than I ever had, and there are plants on the ground where if you step on them, you die instantly. It's like a Venus flytrap-like thing Hmm. that just basically chomps you, and you die. And so it happened the first time. I'm like, oh, that's dirty. So send me back to the beach. I go all the way through the level again. I get there. I'm like, oh, there's that plant. I'm not going to step on it this time. I go into the next room, step on a plant, and die. And that is where I I was over the edge. I'm like, this is... This isn't for me. I don't enjoy playing games where I feel like, again, I talk about this all the time, they're not respectful of the player. It's like you don't put a plant, an insta-death plant, that you can hardly see on the ground in a game like this. At least in my opinion, that's that's not smart design. I
1: mean, that's roguelikes.
0: It is. That's... And again, that's probably why I don't resonate with the genre at all. Mm-hmm. The other problem I've had with this game visually, other than the camera being pulled way out, is... The way the lighting works in the game, I cannot, I have no depth perception in this game. (laughs) So I can't tell if something is a wall that I have to climb up, or if it's a pathway that's going in between, like, two boulders or something. Like, I can't judge the depth. And there's, like, there's a lot of points in this game. Again, it's really dark, everything's pulled back, it's hard to see the detail, where you have to find, like, this little sliver of a path that will get you to where you need to go. And to me, a lot of this stuff is works against finding things like that and seeing and recognizing those visual elements of the game. So I love the art style. I like that they're trying to leave the character a mystery because ultimately the character is disposable and it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter what the character looks like because another one's gonna roll in as soon as you die anyway. And I like the aesthetic of it, but for practicality reasons when you're actually trying to play the game, it actually kind of drove me bonkers. Um, and again, I'm not a big fan of roguelites. I know a lot of people are. I'm not. Um, I don't think I'm going to continue playing this. Mm. How are you feeling? You I don't think you've played it as much as I no, have. No, I'm at not. This point. I'm
1: like maybe an hour into it. It's and, and But how
0: do you even describe I mean, you've played it for an hour?
1: Or Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't died yet, so I that's all progress. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean I I don't understand a lot of it yet. Like I don't under you know, you early on you pick up the little little glowing thing and that's what lets you open the door that, that gets you into the yeah, first area. Yeah, we didn't really talk about area. that stuff. Because, yeah. like you gotta figure out kind of like, but and, like I'm So not, you have like a lantern that has special yeah.
0: abilities. The first the first ability you get for the lantern it shines a light that will open doors, basically. That's how you yeah. get into but, the first temple. But it
1: uses up like a like a thing in the a lantern, currency, yeah. Which that you early get... on you just get from this little pedestal, but so later you, see you get from killing watch. enemies.
0: As you kill these enemies, they'll drop like a white pellet on the ground, yeah. and then those white pellets are used to power the lantern. Yeah, and, then, and I'm like, assuming eventually the lantern gets other abilities. Probably.
1: I mean, there's also like a it, it, as an example of sort of how uh, how this game is kind of set up to either challenge or irritate you depending on your perspective. so yeah, when you kill an enemy, it drops one of the little glowing you know currency things yeah um, but you and and you know they'll come at you they'll come at you, they'll they charge you oh, yeah. the, the, at least the early guys, the, you know red red bull monster shadow dog things like whatever they are i can't see what you they can't are, tell what really. they are <laughs> i think that's part of the point they're just a red but, orb like, yeah. a red orb surrounded by black like smoke almost yeah. and uh but you can pull out the lantern and that'll like make them run away yeah but they run away to the edge of the edge of the, the, the ground and if you kill them at the edge of the ground the thing they drop falls off the edge
0: yeah they don't and always don't get it it's not like a lot of games where the drops are yeah. programmed to make sure they stay at a place no where you it's can get very it. intentional and So so yeah. it's like
1: so you have to kind of balance that risk reward, where like you can use the the lantern to get them off you, but you're gonna lose. You, you're the gonna currency. lose. up. So, so you got to figure out a way to either lure them in or like I was I was like turning it off and then turning it back on and then chasing them down with the with the sprint button and then like doing like a, <laughs> like, a like a like a jump slash right, at them right. almost to try yeah. like it, it was it was in it's an interesting like kind of balance mechanic. I still don't really know what you do with them I mean I, I see like when I use the lantern and I shine the light it like shows it like one of them's flashing red and I lost like a, you know it, I used up some lantern ammo or whatever and you can also use it to like if you go the last thing I did like was uh, one of the campfires I found I had enough currency to uh, to pick the item it was, it was an icon next to the campfire that just had that currency thing and said whatever this much and i hit it and the campfire turned blue and the song changed and i have no idea what it did i don't know what it did i didn't even do that so so, um, i have no idea what if what had happened so i'm I'm kind of intrigued by um it's a mysterious yeah i'm intrigued by kind of what i'm trying to do what i'm trying to figure out here but i can see getting bored real fast if like it hits a point where I just don't know... I'm not figuring out what everything's doing and I'm just doing this... a I die and keep having to do the same thing over and over That's again. That's what I've no, done. I, I've, I mean,
0: I've played the same section of the game like ten times. It was also something.
1: a... Uh, one, of my, one of my other friends stopped by right as I was starting it and uh, I was like... He's like, oh, how is it? And I was like, well, I, I hit start like five seconds before you rang the doorbell and... and uh, He's like, oh, let's see. And so we watch it and we watch that cutscene. That opening the, scene. That like two minute long slow <laughs> zoom. And like maybe 90 seconds into that, he's like, you know what? Like, just tell me later. Yeah. <laughs> like this, it is not is not does not grab you from the from the start, really. I will tell you one thing
0: that does grab me in this game though, and that is the sound.
1: Yeah, the, the sound is very good. The
0: soundtrack, the sound design is absolutely amazing. It's not synth wave, because there's really no beats in it. It's just kind of this ambient, like, synth stabs and synth strings. It's very, very moody, very foreboding. I was playing this, like, you were talking earlier about playing Grease with headphones. I've been playing this with headphones, and there was a tone in the game that made me disoriented. Hmm. I had it turned up really loud because, the, again, the sound in this game is absolutely incredible. And, and there was a point where this tone just, like, sustained... And literally, it disoriented me. I had to take the headphones off and put them in my lap and, like, give myself a couple seconds. Um, the sound in this game is incredible. Uh, again, much like Grease, there's no voice acting. Um, there's no voice in this at all. Character is just nameless, faceless, disposable. Um, I got attached to my character the first character I had, and then he died. And I realized I got a completely new one, and I just didn't even care. Um, so you can it's see very why... Very Infinity Blade. Yeah. So you can see why they've made the decisions that they've made. That doesn't necessarily mean that I actually enjoy the game that much, though. Um, I can see a certain segment of players adoring this game, though. Like, if you are into Rogue... Like, I'll put it to you this way. The rest of this game is interesting enough that a genre that I typically do not like at all, I'm willing to give this a chance. Because Mm. the other parts of it are so much more interesting to me than typical games in this genre. Uh, it seems to be very polished presentation. It's razor sharp. They had a, they had an idea, and they nailed it, and they stick to it, and they don't deviate. Uh, and if the problem with games like that is either you like it or you don't. And if you do like it, that's great, and if you don't, there's nothing that's gonna change your mind, ultimately. So, um, I don't think I'm gonna keep playing this, but I'll say this, I've already played it more than probably any other roguelike ever, So that's probably a
1: a feather in its cap. Also, uh, props for sticking with that title, because WoW is that easy to turn into a derogatory article title. Yeah, it is. Below average, below below expectations. (laughs) This game Belows. Belows. They had some confidence.
0: Well, it definitely does not below. No. Uh, It's just not the style of game that I really like. But there's a lot of people out there who love this genre, and I think they are going to love Below.
1: Yeah, I think. I think certainly there's very little else like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly, and um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to really come to a conclusion on it just because I've played so little of it, but uh, it, it, it's neat. That's the like, way to describe <laughs> like, it, actually.
0: That is a really good adjective to use to describe this game. It's neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, at first when the game started, I thought the game had, like, crashed, I literally was like, okay, like, there's something wrong, like, the, because it starts out, it's literally just, like, black and gray on the screen for, like, a minute, and Mm. I'm like, and there's music playing, and I'm like, well, maybe if the music's still playing, that means it hasn't crashed, and then slowly it starts revealing everything, and then that goes on for another, like, four minutes,
1: (laughs) wallowing that little ship to the shore. It's a a long shot. It's, um... Like but it of, makes it different. It's like something out of Solaris. It is, like It's yeah. like, yes, I get it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it. But again, it's one of those things that makes it different from a lot of other games, yeah. and I think that'll make it appeal to a lot of people. Where maybe watching it, they are getting that. Yeah, like, this
1: is not. I mean, you you, you power up the patience batteries before you yeah, load this game. Like absolutely, it's not. It's not. Oh, we're just gonna get quick quick fix of video gaming. It's like no, no it's not. No, it's no, no, it. no, no, no. You're going to die. This game wants you to engage, and it wants you to pay attention, and it wants you to concentrate. It's, um, you know, and that is also kind of a Dark Souls. It is. You know, it's like a, you know, in, in the arguments over uh, over the Dark Souls stuff this week on Twitter, I was, I was like, you know, I don't I, I don't want to be that guy, but, like, I don't think Dark Souls is really all that hard. I think the difficulty, every time I stop playing Dark Souls for the night, it's not because I'm, sick of the difficulties cuz i'm tired of concentrating yeah like, you have to pay a lot you of have attention. to pay attention you yeah. have to you have to be present doing it you know, that's why i think a lot of people like it cuz it's almost like meditation you know like you get in that zone you have and to you, focus yeah and you have to fo- you focus on it and you you, you know you, you have your good nights and your bad nights and sometimes i'm just like i can't focus I can't, I can't focus hard enough to, to beat this boss right now. I know that. I'm just going to stop here and come back later. Yeah. Um. And below seems like it might have that same sort of thing going on. You
0: definitely need to concentrate because, like I said, there's insta-death stuff in the game mm-hmm. where literally you just step, one step the wrong direction, and you die. Yep. And then when you come back, you have to remember where that spot was. And there is, like, an audio cue. Like, that in particular, there's, like, a growl that you hear. I didn't notice it at all the first time. I only noticed it the second time afterwards. Mm. After I died, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I just heard a noise. And then I came back the third time and I got near it and I could hear it. And I was like, okay, I'm not going anywhere near there. And that's kind of how this game works. Like Mm. each iteration teaches you something new that you then apply on your next run. And again, I think that's a lot like Dark Souls. It's like one of those games where you kind of have to fail to learn how to not fail. Mm. And uh, Below to me is very much like that. So it's like... It's kind of a cross between Dark Souls and Breath of the Wild. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Because uh, all I, the survival stuff from Breath of the yeah, Wild I, I think, and kind of the art style of Breath of the Wild mixed with kind of the.
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's. I think there's definitely influence from both of those things in this game. Yeah. Um. And the influence from Breath of the Wild would definitely indicate why I got delayed again. Yep. <laughs> because that was recent. That was that was a recent game. Yeah. Um. Well, not two That's almost two years old now. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah, in March, it'll be wow. two years old. Wow, that's crazy to think
0: about. Hard to believe, but yeah, I mean, and I think if you like those elements of Breath of the Wild, or you like those elements of the Souls franchise, I think you're gonna love this game.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interest. It's, it's interesting that this is out at the same time or a week apart from Ashen. Yeah, which is a much more straightforward Souls-like. Yeah. um, Where they're both sort of kind of going for similar ideas and similar takes on, you know, where you can bring the material that Dark Souls sort of lays down. But, like, Ashen is sort of taking it and doing it similarly, but with different art style. Like, like, there's a lot more Dark Souls to it, whereas Below um, is taking the lessons of, you know, kind of the, the style of Dark Souls sort of very... Um, mindful and purposeful design and putting a very different spin on it um it also reminds me a little bit of uh, darkest dungeon just just in the tone yeah um not in the sense that like but in the sense of like you have to adjust to the idea that part of the game is throwing yourself against this thing yeah over and over and over and accepting that that's the way it is that's how yeah that's how it goes and that's part of the game you know so it's like it's like in this it's it, you know you can't quit these games when you die because that would be like quitting super mario brothers because when you jump right <laughs> it's it's literally a function of the character it is yeah absolutely so um as long as you're ready for that and you have a pretty big tv or a pretty big monitor because also it's also on steam
0: i was playing um, this on a monitor on a 23 inch monitor sitting about three feet away from the monitor and uh every other game, that's it's more than big enough to play. And on this one, mm-hmm. I was like squinting, like looking at the screen. I feel like
1: that's something that will get better as you get accustomed to the game's kind of language. So. Probably. Yeah, similar like to what I was saying about Greece, where or you like... just
0: buy the collector's edition and get the magnifying.
1: Glass. Yeah, that's not a real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, I didn't mention that. No, that's not real.
0: <laughs> I made that. Is, that is
1: Shane's own hilarious <laughs> joke for the <this> show. <laughs>
0: yeah i made that i i didn't even tell them it wasn't fake it was fake they probably yeah. figured that out already
1: but... yeah i think they, they did <laughs> yeah
0: that's totally fake i it. although if they ever
1: put a physical co- version out yeah. they they might want to give you a call <laughs> i already got the spec ready to go yeah you have to make it something that just sort of snaps on the front of the switch
0: <laughs> like they used to have those for uh the for the game boy gba yeah they had these weird, like magnifying things that would oh, yeah. come up off the system, like.
1: Yep. They you probably had, need that for this. They had those for all, like the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game, all those things, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, so this game's only for PC and Xbox, and it's going to stay that way. This is not going to come to other platforms. No, nah,
1: they they hinted that it really? might it might come to other stuff later when. Interesting. Yeah, there there, there was I think it was somebody I, I don't remember if it was Nathan Vella himself, but it was somebody from from Capy was saying like saying like yeah well, we'll talk about that later sort of thing. Interesting
0: um how much is this game i did they sent it to me so i didn't uh sure.
1: 25. 25 that I
0: seems think... good that's a good price for that game
1: tw- i don't know if it's 25 because it's 25 or i don't know if i got it for 25 because it's part of that winter of arcade thing uh... where you buy more than one you get five bucks off
0: a lot of times too when you so buy it's... new games they'll be cheaper and then like three weeks later yeah, they actually so, but go when out. i
1: when i bought it it was 25 maybe it's 29.99 if you aren't doing getting that deal i don't i don't know if that automatically does that when you see it or when it doesn't yeah. at the price i don't know but it's either twenty five or, or twenty nine or or thirty. And I would be okay, I think, with either one of those prices. Yeah, it's about right. Like it's, you know, thirty is maybe a little steep for kind of what you would think of this. But like you can you can feel the production value. Oh in yeah, it from the you beginning. can
0: tell that this game has been in development for at least five years. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And like active development, not just right, like, right. Not not, like, not just like oh we don't know, like we ran out yeah. of the money. It's like no, this is. This feels like a game that people worked on and worked on and worked on and worked on. And
0: fine-tuned. Yeah. Because you have to start thinking, okay, well, I can't even imagine the numbers that they have to run when they start thinking about, okay, what resources are we going to make possible for the player to get? Mm -hmm. What percentage of those resources is the player actually going to get? And then you, you have to extrapolate that out to make sure, okay, well, typically how long does it take for a player to get hungry before they need food or how long at what point in the game are they going to need the next torch mm-hmm. and do we do we make sure we get them enough wood and enough sparks so that they can make all that stuff i would never ever want to make a game yeah. like that
1: it's like but it also feels good it play. does it's, it feels the combat nice. feels good so yeah. there's
0: there's sword slashing there's blocking uh, there's a bow and arrow i used all my arrows right at the beginning because i didn't realize that it was equipped and I just mm. went to attack with my sword and it just fired like fink, all fink, four fink. of my arrows
1: really fast. You give you, they give you enough stuff to craft arrows pretty pretty yeah, well. Do. I mean, yeah. it's, it's all there once you figure it, how, out how it all works. Yeah. So. so I guess I would say this. I enjoyed this game
0: and it's a genre that I hate. Hmm. Will I continue playing it? Probably not. And Matt, you're probably a little more open to these types of games. Do you think you're going to keep Trending forward. I
1: mean, I'll I'll at least give it a few more hours to see what I think.
0: I think there's there's mystery in this game. Like uh, deep in my mind and my heart, I know that there's probably something really cool waiting at the end of this thing. Like I I feel like at a certain point, the game is going to change and do something different, or it's going to crack open. Um, I don't know. I haven't got there. It's just I just have a feeling that that's mm. the way it is. That eventually you get to some point where. Things change in some way, shape, or form, or at the very least, eventually, you're going to everything's going to be explained because you don't know anything about this. It starts, you're on a boat, you land on the shore, that's it. That's all you know. You don't know where you're traveling to. You don't know if you came to this location intentionally. Well, I mean, or you, know, you know where you're going. Meaning? Below. Right. <laughs> going down. And you do. You go down, down, down. Uh, there's not many stairways up in this game. No. It's, you just keep going deeper and deeper below the ground. So, um, again, I'm not a big fan of this genre, but I've actually enjoyed my time with it. And Matt, I think you've just generally enjoyed it. Yeah, it's
1: good. I mean, I don't I don't know enough to really say tremendously one way or the other, but it's, yeah. a, it's a good first impression once you get past the two-minute opening cutscene.
0: I have a feeling that for our Game of the Year discussion for Best Indie Game on Tuesday, maybe we'll resurface. Because with both of us, maybe I'll go back and play a little more. Um, no reviews out for this at all yet.
1: No, it doesn't seem to be a lot of... There's some impressions, but I haven't seen any scored reviews yet.
0: Which, again, leads me to believe that there's a lot below the surface in this game. Um, and I'm guessing that probably a lot of the other editors have played it a lot more than I have, and they still haven't written their reviews for it. So, um, there's still some mystery behind this game beyond about what we spoke about. And it has been in development for a long time, which would generally lead you to believe that there's some some things underneath mm. the, the surface there. So we'll see. Uh, but for now, I think a lot of it depends on whether you're into those types of games. And I think if you are, you should buy it. And if you're not, you may want to wait till you hear me talk about it
1: again. <laughs> yeah, you might, might want to go look for that Devil May Cry 5 demo. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sort of the opposite versions of everything.
0: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. We're going to talk next about Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, we spoke about this game probably ten months ago. The last time it yeah. was on the show, because they put up like a live stream that was just basically showing the engine mm-hmm. and like some of the ships and things like that. E
1: three and the E three before that, and then like ten years before that. Right. And, like,
0: well, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about this game literally for like ten years. Um, but what year was
1: that? One, that one trailer? The CG one. The CG one where page on inhales the, inhales the bug. Oh. What was that like? It was like 08? 08. 08. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think
0: it was 2008. Yeah. It just
1: vanished ago. until like two years ago. Yeah,
0: and then the last time we talked about it, they finally showed in-engine footage, and it was mm-hmm. just all like pre-alpha, just like, hey, here's a ship. Hey, our jetpacks work now. Well, this week they showed the game. Mm-hmm. They finally showed what Beyond Good and Evil 2 is. um They put out a trailer that we're seeing right now And they did a live stream that had literally, I don't know, like 30 or 40 minutes of of gameplay. Literally the game being played in the state that it's going to be played when we finally get our hands on it. Um, So, I have notes I'm going to run through based upon the stuff that I experienced and watched. Uh, First of all, it's a seamless open world. Did we know that already? Did we know that it was like a No Man's Sky? Yeah. Can be on the ground, jump in a ship, and fly all the way to outer space?
1: Yeah, they, they said that at okay. E3, but I mean, they didn't show it, really. But they said that that was the idea. So it is a
0: seamless, completely seamless, not just open world, open galaxy.
1: Well, open solar system. Open solar system. It yeah. doesn't look like you leave the star system you're in.
0: Yeah, so it's not, it's not No Man's Sky big.
1: No, but it's... Honestly, it's like... I feel like Starlink was is. like a dry run for this or something. Like Starlink, like yep. the tech is a the tech seems very similar. It does. Uh, Starlink isn't doing the more impressive tech tricks this is doing. Where yeah. like they're talking about like when you pull out from like. You know, if you're in orbit and you're like scan, you like zoom in on on the city, the traffic's still running. Like yeah. your friend in co-op can still be in the city doing stuff, and you're up in space, and it's all still running in the same game. Starlink doesn't do that. No, no. no. Uh, the day night cycle for all the planets in the solar system are there isn't anything programmed. It's just how they rotate as they're going around the star. Yeah. Um, it's which is a thing that like that's a that's a sticking point on No Man's Sky because the planets don't rotate. There's no. There's no specific star like the the star you're in in a solar system in No Man's Sky is just a text is a light source on a texture. Right. Whereas this like they're fully modeling the solar system, and it's always in motion and always happening, um, which seems which Starlink is not doing. Starlink is a fixed solar system map. Yeah. That clearly that is kind of sort of the next level stuff they're doing for this game. But I would be shocked if Starlink was not some kind of like oh, tech yeah prototype test, Absolutely. test bed thing. I mean,
0: if you think about it, Starlink is similar to this in a lot of other ways too like your home base is out in space
1: yeah you have a a home like main larger ship like a frigate
0: out in outer space that you have to travel out to outer space to get to and you go there and you do all your upgrades and all your stuff like you normally do in Mm -hmm. today's modern action rpg in a lot of ways i can't figure out if this is an action rpg or if it's just an action
1: adventure
0: it seems to be straddling the line because the game has augments yeah that you
1: can attach to pretty much everything
0: your if ships if you. there ain't xp
1: and levels it ain't an action rpg to me no, you're right so that
0: kind of that does tend to be the the break point and it does not appear that this game has that
1: not so far but they said there seems to be a, there's a lot of augments to use and like you're, being, you're gonna be able to cu- use the augments to customize the character to to you know and the augments will stack like if you, you know you can freeze a guy and then hit him with a float thing and then hit him with a you know a force thing that knocks him over and like um, so there, there is an element of like, you know, you set up your character or you're a space captain, they keep calling you yeah. uh, in the demo, like you set up your character to kind of like, you know, you pick your augments to sort of compliment each other or compliment your co-op partner, um, however you like, like there's a, there's a scene where they show um, like the two, the two players, like one comes into the, 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 the room that they have to kill all the enemies in, one comes in on top and one comes in like low and the one on top sort of scans everybody and yes yeah, so you have
0: a spyglass yeah and, and the spyglass does a ton of stuff yeah there's
1: a lot of scanning which you, so you know I'm you know happy. you love that
0: <laughs> i saw and, that uh, i was like all oh, mad yeah. all over that
1: you can scan everything from from a scientist to a city it's great you can
0: scan enemies yeah. and it will tell you what augments they have so you yeah. know how to equip yourself before you go into battle and or if you just should avoid the battle altogether it'll
1: note which ones are more dangerous right um and you also recruit
0: mpcs yeah, to your so team you, in this
1: so if you see uh they're working on these hi- these animal hybrids there the one in the lower left is not dead and they say you know they don't show it cuz it's not really in place yet but they say you know you scan the the struggling ape man who's trying to like get off the table and um it says he's a mechanic and like if you wanted to you could recruit him to be a mechanic on your ship so yeah. like you're they're talk so they they kept talking about how there's like there's like 3 pillars to the on foot stuff there's the jet pack there's the melee weapon and there's the gun yep and so, sword jet pack, and gun yeah. yeah and so uh you know using your your augments will change how your how those things work for you uh and they want you to be able to use all of them in conjunction and all you know using the jetpack to go up high so you can do a smash attack with your sword or like snipe people from up top and that kind of thing and then the other trinity they talked about was when you're in space and you've got your you've got your captain and their abilities as a captain you've got your ship and you've got your crew yeah so those are your three main things you're, you're modifying for the, so the macro you know space stuff and uh, it looks like a whole lot of it's there. And in it, place. I mean, it looks like and, it's coming out
0: next year to me.
1: Well, they said there's going to be a, an open, like an open beta, late 2019. So um, either twenty. It's an
0: open beta. It's either coming out either at tw- the end of next year or the yeah. First. It's either
1: like one of those like real close to the launch, so we can get the multiplayer stuff ironed out, or it's like. Q1 2020 yeah that sounds it sounds like that to me as
0: Matt mentioned there's co-op is drop in drop out at any time you don't have to stay near everybody else you can as Matt said you can be in space and your other co-op partner can be down on the ground yeah
1: and they show the end of the demo in the in the big long live stream is uh the one character is standing on her ship outside of the the home the mothership thing and the other guy just gets in his ship and flies away. Like, leaves the planet. Like, yeah. goes to the other side of the solar system. And, like, you can still see them. They're still there. They're still yeah. in the game. Everything's still moving. You know, in your
0: spyglass, you can actually zoom in down onto yeah. each city and see the, everything happening. Like, everything yep. is still going and on. A,
1: and there's a lot of stuff. You know, there's, there's, you know, the, you, they zoom out on the planet. And there's all little points of interest, like your standard Ubisoft open world. And... They'll show the other side of the planet, the, the, I think New India is the name of the planet, um, and you look at the other side, and um, it's all like bombarded by, uh, it's actually a moon, actually, it's, a, it's the moon around one of the gas giants, and the, the other side is full, has like all these you know, asteroid craters where like, you know, it's just bombarded by, by stuff all the time. And uh, there's no settlements on that side because you can't put a city somewhere it's going to get hit by an asteroid. <laughs> but it's full of minerals and st- valuable. They, they said there's going to be stuff to explore and find and dig around with like on the other side. But it's going to be a dangerous place because you're going to be in a place where there's constant asteroid strikes. Interesting. Um, like falling everywhere. <laughs> That's so you're, so you're going to like there's going to be like rich rewards, but you're also going to have to be in a very hazardous zone. Now uh, you can pick up, you can commandeer any vehicle in the game. Yeah. Anything you find around, you can jump in
0: and you can drive it. Uh, you also have your own vehicles that you actually own. And you can upgrade those with augments and all this other stuff. So there's kind of that building element Repaint to Repaint
1: and do all that. Like they showed the... Yeah, the there's mo- cosmetics. They and... showed the mothership and it was they, they intentionally had repainted it to look like the mothership that's in the CG trailer from E3. Yeah. Um, so your ship doesn't have to look like that ship, but you can make it look like that ship if you want to. Um, the combat...
0: No, I've not experienced it. I've not had the controller in my hands. But at this point in my career... I feel like I've gotten pretty good at watching combat in a video game mm-hmm. and being able to tell whether it seems to be good. The combat in this game right now does not look good to me. It
1: looks a little mushy. It looks
0: me. yeah, you look detached. It doesn't look like it has a lot of impact or oomph mm-hmm. behind it and it, that's stuff that can all be tweaked. I mean, they have yeah, plenty that's, of that's time a
1: later thing. Like this is this is you're in real serious pre-alpha proof of concept like realm here um but i would be very surprised if they didn't tweak the hell out of that just in the sense that a ubisoft melee combat generally feels pretty darn good and in the first beyond good and evil the melee combat was great like, yeah. it, like it really it felt was, good yeah so i'm and you they, mean you're
0: whacking stuff with a stick most yeah, of the
1: time <laughs> i mean but they they very intentionally call out in the demo that like you know we want to we want to nail that melee combat feel from the first game so uh, uh, hopefully they get there
0: there's a bunch of other elements of this that makes it feel like uh, Grand Theft Auto, thus the lower third for this topic. Um, there's a police presence and like mm-hmm. a warning level. Um, if you commit a ton of crimes, the police are going to come after you. You're going to have to shake them. Uh, there's radio stations mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. game. You are a pirate. after Yeah, that. you are a pirate. There's radio stations, just like in Grand Theft mm-hmm. Auto. Um, there's all kinds of little elements like that. that kind of sink it more, I think, more mm-hmm. directly into the action-adventure genre. In a lot of ways, and they
1: they also talked about a thing like when they show the, the they show the the girl first, and then they drop the co-op other player in. Yeah. And the other player is a is a ape hybrid. Yep. Ape human hybrid, and they talk about like, they talk about like mixing the DNA to get like a certain look to the character, and it sounded like what they're t- saying is like when you create your character, you're going to be able to mix animal and human DNA to kind of create like a unique looking hybrid furry kind of thing DNA
0: like, appears to be a big yeah. thing in this game every like everyone you scan earlier, yeah it everyone it you shows scan you what shows their DNA. DNA strain is yeah uh, I look I guarantee there's tons of mystery still left behind this game um, but what I've seen so far sold I am in yeah. on this game uh, the jetpack you can fly anywhere any at any time mm-hmm. uh, So you have a lot of freedom in this game to pretty much do whatever the heck you want as you can see dog fighting is a big part of the game um, as you augment your ship, you get healing missiles.
1: Yeah, you can do that. So if
0: somebody is on your team and they're getting beaten up, you can shoot their ship with your healing missile and heal their ship. I think that's a pretty cool concept.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I remember that from Borderlands. Borderlands has something like that. Does it? Healing grenades and, and uh, there was a... You could get... like If you had a, an ability as one of the classes was like, it turned their your gun into a healing gun. If you shot your allies, it would heal them instead of kill, hurt them. Um it's a, it's a fun way to kind of like add a healing element without adding a whole new system absolutely like so, just uh, let him shoot
0: let's just shoot him shoot him with a gun yeah he'll shoot a bad guy it hurts him <laughs> shoot a
1: good guy it helps him like that's great yeah uh let's see what else what other a nice fly about. flyby of the Ganesha statue here there is a the the, the most and they yeah the most impressive thing so far is like the the close up detail versus like the macro the scale. size like yeah, the, the fact that you can be that close to that statue's eye and then like it two minutes later good. you're in space it's and like pretty impressive at, yeah. and all the stuff's still moving and the planet's still rotating and everything it's, it's great like it's you know this is uh this is uh I mean I love space stuff and that kind of like seamless transitional stuff anyway which is one of the reasons I like No Man's Sky but yeah this is another dream game basically something that plays good on the ground you explore weird. Temples and hidden things, and run around a city, and then you can fly up. You know, it's great. If if they actually pull this all off, it'll be amazing.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is a good compromise for maybe people who tried No Man's Sky and they were like, oh, it's too mm-hmm. much for me. This is a nice little middle ground. Where yeah, well, this is
1: a good kind of like. I mean, it feels like a lot of this is going to be pretty handcrafted. Yeah, you know, it's it's big and it's huge, and there's going to be obviously. Obviously, nobody handcrafted this whole planet, but it feels like there's going to be a lot of handcrafting in terms of like the, the specific things you do, the points of interest, like the cities and kind of so all there, that. You can
0: see he left his AI or his yeah, uh, co-op his partner right all the way back on the planet, and off he goes. And is, that is really freaking cool.
1: Yeah, which is a good way to do things. You know, I thought Starlink was great, and this is like Starlink times 12, pretty much. Because so.
0: imagine if, if you both have headsets on, and your buddy's down on the planet. And you're like, oh, I forgot blah, blah, blah down there. Can you grab blah, 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 and then bring it up? Like, I don't know. To me, it's it's creating scenes from sci-fi films in a video game that I've been waiting to see in video games for a long time. Um, having that sort of flexibility and co-op that you can still communicate with each other while you're literally, like, on separate sides of, like, the galaxy. Like, that's pretty cool stuff, I think. That's kind of next level stuff that it probably could have been done a lot earlier than it has but it just hasn't
1: um, well remember there was a period where it just like you just didn't make stuff in space yeah space games went away for a long time they did yeah I don't know why save
0: for like Rogue Squadron yeah. and stuff like that
1: I mean even that when was the last Rogue Squadron yeah been a long time 2003 is that right something like that yeah
0: has it been 15 years since the last Re- Rogue Squadron
1: Rebel Strike was a GameCube game that came out before we moved to LA so yeah. yes it was, it was like Christmas 2003 wow
0: that's hard to believe. Yep. They could revive that franchise and it would do well, I think.
1: Yeah, but that might require EA to make a game. <laughs>
0: That's a good point. That's a really good point. So Matt, after discovering all this new information, are you more excited for Beyond Good Evil 2? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. freaking lutely. This to me just shot way up my most anticipated yeah, list. I mean mine
1: was it was already pretty close to the top, but it's yeah, didn't hurt.
0: Game is looking awesome. I have a feeling though that Wild, we'll, we may not see Wild now for a. You can tell that Michel Ancel and his team are. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. We don't see Wild this if now. this is what we're getting. Absolutely. instead. No, Absolutely, no, worries. I, I and think... Here you
1: can see like you know, the planet we're on is, is you know orbiting this gas giant. There's another moon. Yeah, it's not a planet. It's a moon. It's a, yeah. It's orbiting. There's two of them there, and here you'll see them pull out. You know, through the whole solar system. There's, uh, <laughs> I think seven seven planetary bodies there yeah, (laughs) and presumably they have their own satellites and And their own moons probably that's what i mean by satellite oh okay but um and of course they're all rotating you know they're all revolving around the the star and uh, as they rotate that determines when it's night and day that's pretty awesome i like that kind of that's a real
0: day night cycle yep real not faked Like i don't know if you've noticed but in red dead redemption 2 have you noticed that it it skips parts of the day night cycle like, it'll go from, like, dusk to just dark. Or it'll go from sun up to, like, midday in, like, two seconds.
1: I haven't noticed that. I've had
0: tons of problems with that in that game. The hmm. day-night cycle's all jacked up.
1: Then there are some other games where, like... I've noticed that night doesn't seem to last very long in Dead yeah. Redemption 2.
0: I'm okay with that as long as the day lasts the same amount of time. But I've ha- I've seen many, I, many I, times the Daynight like one Red Dead just totally getting no, I feel like
1: the days last like three times as long as the I night. think you're so right, times.
0: actually. Which I'm okay with because I hate playing that game at night for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I hate playing that game at night. It seems like the visuals get all muddy and it's hard to like, I don't know. But anyway, I am all over Beyond Good and Evil 2. As if I weren't already, mm-hmm. um, I do think that what we're seeing now is going to help the game transcend the lack of interest in the first game. Yeah. Because I, I was concerned. I'm like, wait a minute. The first game sold terribly, even though we loved it, and it's near and dear to our hearts. It didn't sell well, and I wonder if a sequel's going to have a chance. But if a game is just this good and this awesome, it doesn't really matter what its title is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I hear the people that are kind of upset that they're not seeing the things they liked in the first game. like The photography her. and um, Jade. But like, I mean, you don't play as Jade. No, but you, you make somebody who looks like Jade. Yeah. Jade's in it, so... But uh, you know, I what I don't I don't care what you got to call this to get it out. Get yeah, it me out. Either. They could change the title. They could I'd call be, it anything. Yeah, they, I don't really they, care. They could call it Space Monkey Mafia, and I'd <laughs> I'd be I'd be on.
0: I hate to say it, but that is a much better title <laughs> than Beyond Good and Evil Two.
1: Absolutely. Well, they're gonna have to pay Billy Joel for it because I stole it from <laughs> We Didn't Start the Fire. So,
0: is that where you got that? Yeah,
1: hula hoops, Castro, Space Monkey Mafia. Yeah. It's in there trust me but this game oh, it's could absolutely things be in that. called
0: space monkey mafia yeah. and people are like i get it yeah. i mean it's also like a gta clone how yeah. perfect is that
1: i mean the space like force thing there is called like space monkey project or something Oh no, there's streams yeah they call yeah.
0: them like space monkey project yeah. five or whatever yeah that's funny uh so there you go beyond good and evil 2 uh, i have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of that game in 2019 i think we'll probably see the game released in 2019 worst case scenario as matt said early yeah.
1: 2020 i think that might be maybe i mean they're they're kind of on a roll with like a far cry game every or every february so ubisoft is cranking it out yeah cranking and if, and if they're out. skipping assassin's creed next year this is right. a good replacement they need it they're gonna need yeah. it absolutely so there you go which Young is pretty Indian good Indian considering Indian. i think we were, when we first saw that you know the revival of it last year we we're like eh, see you yeah see in 2022 yeah
0: but man it came it no, came along real they fast they really cranked on it absolutely. and they've already
1: got like uh you know that they, they talked about the you know, the fan-sourced, like, art. Oh, that's con- right. content. Yeah, that's yeah. right. A bunch of that is already in, like, yeah. the demo. They show, they're show they showing off all the various things that they put in there, like a bunch of the art on the walls in the city are from fans. That well, the world
0: them. is so freaking detailed. It's like you were saying earlier about, like, the eye of that huge statue, but it's, like, the tapestries on the walls. Yeah. It's, like... There's not a lot of cutting and pasting going on in this no. game, and this which is, is mind blowing for a world of this size.
1: And this is one. This is a game I wouldn't mind seeing go as go kind of in a games as a service direction, in the sense that like you let me play this for like a year, and a year later you'd be like, oh, by the way, for like forty bucks, you can have another solar system, right? Like, and just keep that rolling. I have a feeling that's the exact plan. I have a feeling. Like I'd be completely up for that.
0: Yep. Especially with the way consoles are working now, where they're all gonna, all the games are gonna scale and everything. Mm. It's like. That, that yeah cuz you know over. this is going
1: to scale to the next gen platform absolutely when the time uh, it, comes. It,
0: they'd be an idiots not to to yeah. make sure it does that so yeah i'm really excited about beyond good and evil 2. it definitely shot up i'm get, i would say probably in my top 5 for next year now
1: yeah i mean it's always been in my top 5 it's this is this thing's top 3 maybe top 2 material anyway just conceptually yeah but uh, i'm just glad to see that it it's further along than i thought it was ever going to be at this point and it looks it looks good and they've got kind of the gameplay loop figured out and now it's just a matter of finishing it yep all right it's time for our trailer of the week
0: i told you guys it was going to be a short episode i don't blame you for not believing me because i said it before and then three hours and 15 minutes later (laughs) there we are Uh, but it is time for our trailer of the week and this week is the 25th anniversary of doom the old shareware yeah i was talking to matt before we uh before we went live and i was like man all these anniversaries make me feel so old because with games like doom when it came out i wasn't like five years old like i was a teenager and now it's
1: 25 years old oh yeah i can get you with one better uh doom came out closer to the moon landing than today
0: you mean the moon landing that never happened,
1: Matt. No, I do not mean that.
0: <laughs> so anyway. We,
1: we got enough people believing stupid things right now. We don't, <laughs> yeah, we, don't need to, we don't need to further that shit. Alternative
0: facts, Matt. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's the 25th anniversary of Doom. The Seminole, I mean, it broke so much ground. Just the gore and the violence and just creating the modern first-person shooter. It did so much. Um, and this trailer from Bethesda celebrates all 25 years of its shooting franchise. What a great trailer! Yeah, it's good.
1: Really was, well cut. Yep. I was never a Doom huge fan. I yeah, was I wasn't a, either. I was a Pathways into Darkness marathon guy. I played
0: Wolfenstein way more.
1: Yeah, I played more Wolfenstein probably, and I played. I don't more, know why. And I, played, <laughs> I may, played more Quake. I was uh, like Doom. Doom, I kind of skipped over somehow.
0: Quake became my my multiplayer shooter of choice mm-hmm. for a while. There it was
1: i played a, I played a fair amount of... When everyone else was playing Doom, I was playing Marathon and uh, Dark Forces. Yeah. Like, I just never quite... But I like Doom. Yeah. And uh, I love the, the most recent Doom. It's great. Uh, I think Eternal's going to be great, too. Yeah. Congratulations to That's, Is Bethesda. that next year? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think early next year, too. I don't think it's like Q4. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I love the first Doom. I don't know if i really play it again. That first time through, that was a blast. Yeah, Bethesda's got a strong first half of uh, 2019, I think. And Bethesda needs it. It does. Big time. All right, let's get to some questions. We're going to answer a little more uh, tonight. One, because it's a shorter episode, but two, because this is our last regular episode of the year, and you guys aren't going to have any more chances to ask us questions before we head off for the holidays. So uh, let's get to them. Oh, there's a ton in here already. Um... Herbert BF donated $100 worth of bits and should probably get a shout-out. And Snub Barracuda and Majora Tom also donated a decent amount. Dude, $100 worth of bits? Are you freaking kidding me? Herbert BF? You rock, man. Are you freaking kidding me? That's awesome. Holy, wow. Thank you, man. Um... We're actually getting a lot of people approaching us at the end of the year, and I mentioned this in the last episode, but I know some people may have missed it or didn't make it to the end of the show. But a lot of people are asking us, like, what can we do for you guys for Christmas? They want to do something for Sifted or something for Matt and I. Um, And what I said last week is buy shirts because it kills a couple birds with one stone. It allows you to help us out financially, but instead of just giving the money away, you're actually getting something in return, and I promise you... You may not think you want a shirt, but once you get that shirt, you're going to be glad you got it. They're awesome t-shirts. They're really freaking comfortable. So if you want to do something for us, it's like a Christmas gift or whatever, um, buy shirts. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, I'm not going to turn down any any help, though, so thank you so, so much. Uh, $100 in bits, that's insane. That is really, really freaking awesome. And I want to make sure I'm getting his name right, actually. Somebody gives me, gives us that much money. Herbert B.F. Thank you, Herbert BF. You are awesome. Um, Snub Barracuda, thank you. You're always on the stream. Uh, Majora Tom, obviously, you're on the stream every single week. Thank you guys. Thank you, not just for the bits, but for being a part of our stream every week because it would be silly if we sat here and streamed to nobody. Uh, you guys make the end of the show something. It's honestly one of the best parts of the show. Although God knows people do it. Oh, yeah, I know. I feel so terrible for them. It's like I go on Twitch and it's like. There are so many streams with nobody watching them. Like, I remember Marcus, when we first started Sifted, and we were doing Game Face, and uh, we actually, when we first started Game Face, we had a lot more people that watched our episodes. Like, I think Mm -hmm. we'd have, like, five or six hundred people watching at first. And now we don't get anywhere near that. But that was not good enough for Marcus. Like, I don't know if you remember.
1: I remember Marcus would complain uh, after we'd finish for the day. Marcus would be like, why aren't we at 100,000 yet? Like, he wanted 100,000 viewers. From, yeah. Because he was coming off of, like, expectations of, like, Invisible Walls days. Yeah. And it's like, bro,
0: that's not how it works. Like, especially live.
1: It's like. Yeah, live. is Live I, as, appointment, as appointment live streaming plus, like, just how disparate media has become. Yeah. Even in the years since game trailers. Of, of Absolutely. Those days of game trailers.
0: Like, I, dude, 100,000 people would not watch a live stream if we did, like, a reunion of Invisible Walls. Like, seriously, like, it may hit, like, a thousand people. And I just remember Marcus, like, after the first few streams, he's like, where is everybody? And I'd be like, well, how many were there? And you'd be like, oh, there's, like, 650. And I'm like, damn, 650. And he'd be like, oh, what are you talking about, mate? I'm like, dude, what are you expecting? (laughs) Like, yeah. So thank you, guys. Like, we get it. We appreciate every (laughs) single person who sits and watches our stream and hangs out with us during game like
1: hundred thousand people is like that's fi- like lcs un- like until, finals yeah like, until like until like last couple of years it was like finals of evo yeah, number, yeah numbers that's <laughs> whatever it's a lot of people <laughs> at once
0: so thank you guys thank you guys for donating the bits thanks to all you guys who are always on this stream uh every single night and we've changed nights and we've changed times and there you guys are every single time so thank you thank you thank you um, J. Reed Vic. We always answer one of his. Even though I personally don't subscribe to the notion that characters, particularly leads in any entertainment medium, need to be intrinsically likable, is perhaps the cause of this becoming more of a roar in the games industry, the fact that as games are getting bigger, the average player is spending tens of hours more time with characters, heightening any perceived or real strengths and weaknesses in the writing and a character's appeal. Yes. I think you're right. Maybe. I mean, the the longer you're exposed to something, the more the cracks become apparent. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not just with video games. That's with anything. It's with knowing somebody. When you first meet someone, they're awesome. Everything about them is awesome. You love everything about them. As you get to know them, you start to learn quirks about their personality or things that they don't like or things you disagree with. It's like that across the board with anything in life. The more you know about something, the more likely you're going to find things that you do not like about whatever that is. So video games are no different and video game characters are certainly no different so yes absolutely if we're spending a 100 hours with a game versus eight hours with a game one it's way easier to make that character seem awesome for eight hours than it is for 80 hours and and number two the more exposure you get to something the more chance the higher the chances are that you're going to find something that doesn't quite jive with you so yeah i think Mm -hmm. that's Absolutely accurate.
1: I think it's all I think it comes down to uh, diff- a different style of of approaching how you play a game in the sense that there are people who want to immerse themselves in the character they're playing and there's people who are willing to be a more removed like player and sort of like I am playing as this character. Yeah. So like does it bother me that Arthur Morgan is kind of a, a jerk? Not really because I'm playing as him. Yeah. I'm playing you know, I'm, I'm, but there are people, you know, it's like, it's like you run into these people that like, um, uh, not that they're wrong, but people that like, I don't want to play The Witcher 3 because I want to play me. I don't want to play as another character. Yeah. I want to play a bio, I want to play Bioware style. i to create my character and decide who they are and decide how they behave. Um, I don't want to play a preformed character. Um, and I think the people that have, that prefer to play that way are going to be much more sensitive to elements of a preformed character they don't like. Yeah. And they're going to feel like it's intruding on their escapism when this character does things that they find re- repellent.
0: Things that they would not do themselves. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think that is kind of, sort of a difference between like, can you know, are you willing or can you sort of detach yourself from the idea? Of, you Because know, when I play Shepard, Shepard is, um, you know, there's people that play Shepard as themselves, but when I play Shepard in Mass Effect, I tended to pick... Okay, this shepherd's. I played three separate playthroughs of that whole trilogy, and each time my shepherd was a different person. Right. You know, it wasn't me. It was never me. But it was, like, it was this still someone different. She, he, she's like this, or he's going to be like this, and she. You know, like my renegade shepherd was. It was a. It was fe- a female shepherd who was like she was a soldier class. She was just straightforward. Whatever you know, whatever the the most expedient and sort of most direct method to solve whatever it was that was what she would take it's not necessarily what I would do yeah. but like that's who I was playing oh, you're but playing a role but I've like sh- I've like you know mentioned that to other people who are big massive fans and they find they were like oh my god how could you do that how could you <laughs> how could you do things you wouldn't do as that right. character and I was like well it's it's playing
0: a role that's why they're called but I think games. that's
1: the kind of the differences I think I think there's you know I, I would be wouldn't be surprised at all if like you took like the whole gaming population and like it was basically like almost 50 50 split between people who play one way or the other yeah. that way and the other way. I believe that. So, I would imagine that that's part of why you get, you know, as you get more controversial characters, you get more characters that, that are sort of playing a more, um, you know, pivotal role in sort of these stories that are being told. Uh, you're going to end up as characters, because you know, the most interesting characters tend to be people with serious flaws. And yeah. sometimes it can be uncomfortable if you project yourself into that character as hard as, as you know, the, the, the hardcore role players do. Um, to accept that part of that character as, as part of this character you are for this period yeah. of time. So yeah, I think that that's an ongoing thing. Especially if, you, if you're expected to spend 80 hours with, as them. Let alone with them, as them. That's a, no, that's you're a totally right. That's a good point.
0: point. <laughs> uh, let's see. Justin Horman, there was a recent list curated about unique video game urban legends. Did you ever fall Untrue. for one of these? And spend hours... true
1: video game le- legends.
0: What did I say? Unique. Oh yeah, I don't know how I said. I I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Untrue video game urban legends. Did you ever fall for one of these and spend hours trying to unlock something like naked Lara Croft or searching
1: for the Yeti in GTA? No, although I you know, I worked in an arcade in high school, so I watched it happen a lot. <laughs> um, there, you know when the Sheng's the um, the, uh, the Sheng Long uh, thing in in the EGM April Fools joke where. Um, yeah you know, if you i think it was you had to you had to play street, was street Fighter two because there was the whole there was the, it was a mistranslation where Ryu, Ryu's wind quote says uh you must defeat sheng long to stand a chance and that's actually a mistranslation of dragon punch it basically means you have to be, defeat my dragon punch right. to stand a chance against me yeah um but people interpreted that to mean that sheng long this is an urban legend came up like sheng long was Ryu's master uh who would we we would know now as uh uh um uh, Guy Ken, or you know, the, the the old man in in Street Fighter Four, who was their actual actual master, oh, a- 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 Akuma's uh, counterpart, um, uh, Goken. That's okay. what it was. Yeah. Um, but back then we thought it was Shang Long was was his master, and like you have to defeat him to be, you know, it was like a kung fu thing or. Sort of and so EGM ran that April Fool's joke where they doctored a bunch of screenshots and made it look like, you know, Shenlong was like this guy in gray. No, I remember that with the ponytail. yeah. With a ponytail. He's, I mean, Akuma comes from him. Akuma comes from this April Fool's joke. And um, he, uh, so the idea was like, I think it was, if I remember right, um, you had to play the game, you had to get to M. Bison on one quarter without getting hit. You had to win all the round without getting hit. That's
0: what they told you. Had yeah, to that's what yeah. they
1: told you you had to do. Yeah. And then you had to... You had to win. You had to, you had to go 12. It was either 10 or 12 rounds with Bison, um, never get hit, and the time had to run out. So you had to draw every <laughs> single time. And after oh, the boy. after the 10th draw round, Sheng Long would come in, throw Bison off the screen, and then you'd fight Sheng Long. Yeah. Now, of course, you could never do this because a that's ridiculous, yeah. and b I'm pretty <laughs> sure after like four rounds, in auto kill it just yeah. like it goes draw game and everybody has to put a court another quarter in. right um but we had people coming in doing that trying to get that to work for like a month have you never
0: gone on a video game wild goose chase like that not really i, I have
1: i i, I didn't believe I, I was people would yell at me because i'm like that's not real like you know before they even announced it was an april Fool's show, i'm like it was in the april issue like what do yeah. you think i mean come on like yeah uh, And we had people that do that. We had tons of people that would get came in and kept trying to find the nudalities in Mortal Kombat 2. There was a lot of like when NBA Jam was the new hotness. Like that was a thing where people would come in. Trying to, unlock trying to unlock characters. whatever i mean yeah. it could be anything uh, you, you, yeah. know, it was, uh, you know you know once, bill, or once what bill clinton was in there like yeah. and, no, and the people were like, like it could be it could be it yeah could you know be. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i saw that a lot but it was i don't think that we ever did anything like that. the closest i probably came was like when my friend imported uh street fighter 2 for the super nintendo or super famicom rather uh there were a lot of rumors about what the code was to play same character versus the same character we would try those a lot because there was no way to know if you were putting it in wrong or if it was yep, fake you know yep, exactly. and eventually there was a real one and you could you know you, you we got it but i remember spending a lot of time trying various codes that we were told this is the code
0: codes were too hard to put in yeah like they i don't understand why they made codes so hard where you had to do it like this rhythmic pattern and like it's like yeah. just let me go dup up down down like Make it simple. As so long I, as I get the commands in the right order, let me fucking do the code. Like so I, was, I would
1: say, that was like the closest I came. I don't. I never really did that for, you know. I've, I've done it. A bunch I of probably times. would have not tri- in a long time. I probably would have tried to do that more often with like Street Fighter Two if I'd had for like the Sheng Long thing if I'd had money. Yeah, yeah. Right, the, right. You could that was a problem. It. it cost a quarter to try every, it every anytime. time I
0: try it. Uh, back when the N sixty four launched, I got sucked into a lot of stuff like that. I got sucked into. Uh, you can play as Luigi in Super Mario mm. 64. And, and the, cra- the, the crazy part about it is the people who start these things, they make them so tough, yeah. so burly. Like 20 steps and all this dumb stuff. It's like, now go over stand, stand over in this corner and jump three times. Now go into the painting and go to this world, two, three, and do and you know, they send you on this crazy thing, and it never works. Mm -hmm. and then like you know but it's like you said like bill clinton was in nba jam so it makes you think anything's possible well the problem is is that some of the stuff is accurate so like if i was playing like wave race 64 and they're like do this and a bunch of dolphins appear Mm -hmm. and you do it and the dolphins show up and you're like okay this is legit and then they're like well now do this to get this and it turns out that one's fake so it's very easy to get sucked into that if there's one thing that works because it makes you think, oh, well, then probably all these work. And then when you try to do the next thing, you're not willing to give up as easily. Because you're like, the last one worked. This one should work. I'm just doing something wrong. So, And that's I, why humans are bad at calculating probability. You're right. But I have, I have absolutely, I've fully caught to it. I have been caught in stuff like that I before. Did. I did
1: have a roommate in college because I had the N64 in my dorm room. And he got obsessed with the stop-and-swap thing in, yeah. in banjo There's ability. a perfect example of it. The ice key. There's a per. I, I did, too. I he, got totally... He would, and just, he would spend the whole time... I'm like, stop ripping the cartridges out of my system. Like, I was like, is Because I don't know if that's even true, but I was... You know, there was that... The... the, the the conventional wisdom at the time was if you pull the game out while the system is on, you can hurt something. You can hurt the system. Well, that's,
0: that was how stop and swap was supposed right. to work. You really were supposed to pull a card out right. and then put the but, new one in.
1: But it got to a point where he was like, he would get to the thing and do and do whatever he thought he was, it was the way you're supposed to do it. And then you like swap it with like, every one of the cartridges I own. I'm like, you're going to ruin all my fucking N64 yeah. games. Stop it. Well, then as
0: it turns out, you could just butt-stomp codes into the room right. that unlocked all the keys anyway. And that's when that... But I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, and there were all kinds of conspiracies. Like, go here and run around this three times, and then go back here. And, and, and that pad that you butt-stomped on, oh, that was ripe for mm-hmm. conspiracies. Because you could butt-stomp anything in there you want. So they'd be like, butt-stomp, like, snuffle up I guess. Mm. And that will unlock one of the keys. And so you go in there, and that's like 18 butt stomps. And then it doesn't work. You're like, oh, well, maybe one of my butt stomps was on two of the letters. And and so you do it again. Like, Mm -hmm. I've absolutely been sucked into that stuff. But it hasn't happened since the 90s for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. I just never had the patience for anything. So I was like, ah, you do it. Yeah, I had a friend who was big on, on kind of what was like. Oh, my friend said you could do this, or my dad, my uncle works at Nintendo yeah, and yeah. said you could do that. And all that. <laughs> I was like, All right, show me. No, yeah, all right, I'm you going can home. do it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna do it. Uh, w. Matthews, Sega revealed that Project
0: Judge, the next game from the Yakuza team, uh, will be getting an English dub in addition to an English subtitles that are unique to Japanese and English tracks. What do you think traditionally Sega has not dubbed games from that? Why? why do you think traditionally sega has not dubbed games from that studio
1: so i think this is what do you think because it's a change what do you think question mark because it's a change Oh, what do another... you think traditionally sega has not dubbed games yeah from that studio i don't i do don't not surprised the last yakuza game they dubbed was the original ps2 version of yakuza 1 um, which was not the most well-received dub in the world although there were some funny parts in it maybe not intentionally but um I don't know I think that's interesting. Um It's a wh- little surprising that they
0: chose this game instead it of is. a Yakuza game.
1: I think at a certain point Yakuza is expected to be subtitled. It was, it was you know Yakuza also Yakuza makes a lot of sense to still be in Japanese. It do- oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's a game about Japan about a very uniquely Japanese organization with a lot of uniquely japanese values yeah um and i think it makes sense to not dub that because it's never going to come off right yeah in in, in english i was so, just
0: thinking about the expense of it yeah it's like if you're going to spend the money to do it wouldn't you do it with a game a franchise that's way more popular
1: well maybe they're thinking they could make this one popular yeah now that they're starting i don't know to, about it's, that it's hard it's hard to drag somebody on board with something that has a five or a six at the end if it's going to be a story driven as yakuza um, and also, you'd have a, a kind of a revolt on your hands from the fan base because it's like, well, now they're all different. Yeah, you know, right. So you want it, you want consistency in in that kind of thing. Yeah. But if they think this might have some potential to break out beyond the usual Liakasu fan base, if it's not the same sort of like, you know, uh, I mean, it looks very similar. It looks similar. It looks <laughs> similar. It looks like they're using the similar part of the city and everything. But if it's kind of really taking like a, a page out of Ace Ace Attorney, um, it might have a little more verve to it than for a more casual player. I don't know, like i'd be surprised it's interesting that they're doing i mean i'm just fascinating that they're they're gonna actually spend the money to to put a dub in there and and you know make the localization of the thing even more complex but they've at the already same time it. it's like
0: what else have they got well they've also already announced it for the west which is very rare for them yeah. to announce a new game and almost immediately say hey it's coming to the yeah. u.s
1: well, it's coming pretty soon too it's it like, is it's like mid next year or something yep uh let's see The more Shh. stuff we can get out of that team the better as far as i'm concerned yeah, their games are great translate ken's on you cowards Chevelle Man 1979, have either of you bought a
0: PlayStation Classic, and if so, what did you think of it?
1: I canceled my order for it, because no. I didn't buy it either. As soon as I saw the thing about PAL, all the games that were PAL, I was like, out. Yeah. And I know you can actually it turns out you can go in and change that, um, but like... I. I didn't care. At a certain point, it, it really did come down to like, what I do I want to have that, or would I like to have an extra hundred bucks for the Christmas season? And I was like, I'll just take that. I'll extra take the hundred bucks. bucks. Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked about it before. I don't think that the PlayStation One games have aged
0: especially well. There's yeah. really nothing on it that I was jonesing to play, except for Destruction Derby a little bit. But I know. What's gonna happen is I'll play that for like one match and not care again. Yep. I'll be like, yep, this is exactly as I remember it. It's just as crappy as I remember it, and I have no interest in playing it anymore.
1: I will say they. I didn't yeah. even ask
0: for it for Christmas as a gift, actually. No.
1: I will, I'll say if they, like, they, they dug. If he, some people dug into the system and found like a bunch of, yep, yeah, they didn't.
0: ROMs that they couldn't get the clearance for.
1: Yeah, it was like it was like a, clearly th- games they tested on it that were not part of it, and like that list was great. It would have. I mean, was a lot yeah. of good shit in there um they had like uh they had the circuit in and they had uh they had stuff you know a different lineup could have gotten me to still be on board even with the bare bones and sort of lackadaisical uh presentation they had but like that lineup is just there's nothing there and, you know, and, honestly, and all the worthwhile stuff i already have on disc i never got rid of any of my ps1 games i still have them all i still have hardware two different kinds of hardware that can run them all um i, I just they no should have reason. just loaded it up with classic jrpgs in my opinion i feel like that would have done just fine like a i bunch think of those, more people like us would have bought it throwing throw metal gear throwing like the standards but like yep and, and it seems like that's maybe the end of the the classic console thing I think it's now that nintendo's saying like yeah once once christmas is over we're not restocking the nes classic or the super nintendo classic so yeah get PSA them by hot. the
0: way if you want either of those you need to go get them over the yeah, holidays the
1: nes classics are pretty plentiful at best buys right now so i would say if you want one or don't have one or want to back up or want something to keep because they're probably going to sell for a lot of money in another year or two
0: and if you think about it yeah they probably will
1: like a lot of money
0: if not even next year but like 10 years from now yeah. 15 years from now.
1: Yeah, you know, so they're gonna focus. I mean, uh, I'm a little disturbed by that just because it's like, hey, how about you put some frickin' Super Nintendo games on that, you know, the the on the Switch before you start shutting down the, the Super Nintendo Classic stuff. Good point. Um, because I'm I'm all for. It. I mean, I'm more of a Super Nintendo fan than an NES fan. Me too. And, Absolutely. Uh, that would that would. Well, re- I, I
0: bought the NES Classic. I did not
1: buy the yeah. NES Classic. And I, I you mean, know, I I haven't played a lot of the NES, you know, whatever you call the NES service on the Switch. Um, although I, I haven't
0: either, I haven't really touched it other than the day one to see if it worked.
1: Like I've looked at it here, and they're they're updating and they're putting new games yeah. in. It's, it's a decent, but it's all like NES stuff. I'm not that I, I played to death, or I already own, or I don't. I don't. You, but uh, you know, and I like the idea where they're kind of putting up the special editions of them, where like you start Gradius uh, off with like right. all your power ups, or they put you late in the game in they're Metroid, incentivizing and stuff. You to... just to like see, you know, let's you the casual fans see like a later part of the game or something like that. That's cool. But if you were doing that with Super Nintendo games, I would be super on board with yeah. that. Like that would be that'd be extra fun.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, give me I don't know. Maybe I just want to play Actraiser again. What do I know? <laughs> Here's one from Vincent. You
0: said you're anticipating Beyond Good and Evil two a lot for next year but are you confident enough to consider drafting it no nope <laughs> i learned
1: my lesson finally I, I don't really think it's coming next year uh, although
0: you know what now that we
1: have like the two alternate picks it wouldn't be a bad thing to throw in at the end as a surprise but like i don't know like it's uh it looks pretty far along i don't know does. what else they put there i know some people have said like watchdogs three maybe but i feel like watchdogs three is still not I feel like we'd heard of it heard of it right I think now. it probably should be coming next year though. It probably should have come this year, really. Yeah. I, mean, I mean Watch Dogs Two was a while ago. Um I don't know what's two doing. years. Two Watch Dogs Two? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch Watchdog's uh been a while. It's uh I don't I so I don't know what's going on with Watch Dogs three, but if they're this far along with Beyond Good and Evil, I feel like we're gonna see Beyond Good and Evil first. Um I mean, we've so obviously
0: seen a ton of B G and E already, so that would lead you to believe that i don't know maybe i just don't want to believe something that awesome i probably won't draft it, it i've learned my lesson yeah. I, I, finally i took a hard stance with our draft this year and i did much better so i'm going to stay on that path going forward uh Derek d one 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 bg and e2 with a game that i didn't believe was actually going to, c- to come out but it looks like it will what is the game you guys gave up on that reappeared and was great Good questions tonight, guys. That's a tough one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So first of all, you have to even think of a game that
1: reappeared and re- yeah, released a long time. I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah, everyone I'm thinking of did not turn out great. Yeah,
0: I mean that's the problem. It's like when they reappear, typically it's because they're in trouble. Yeah, they
1: just got to get something out. And
0: then if eventually if they do make it out, you see why it was in trouble.
1: Yeah, I can't yeah. think
0: of anything that went away and then came back and was um,
1: great. E- Eternal Darkness. Did it go away? Yeah, it did. Well, uh, yeah, because it was an N64 game. It was an N64 game, and then and it kind of disappeared for a year or two, and then it came back as a GameCube game, and yeah. it was great. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. It's yeah. not It's not the, br- the you know the gulf There's of time. There's actually several
0: games that are like that, like Dinosaur yeah. Planet, Dinosaur N64, Planet becoming Star Fox, Adventures. Star Fox yeah. Adventures. I don't know if I would call Star would Fox call it Adventures I great, but it was great. good. It was good, Yeah. yeah. There you go there's a couple
1: examples That's all right yeah that, that, it was more of a that was more common in the uh in the in the days when nintendo would delay something until it was good yeah. basically yeah. <laughs> yeah nintendo still kind of does that um yeah, do you, may, hopefully metroid prime 4 let's yeah maybe next that'll be the next one i'm definitely
0: not drafting that That's no for damn sure no, definitely not. <laughs> uh super on blue do you think the epics game store will eventually eat into steam sales given the fact that epic will only take 12% of the game's revenue while steam and other platforms take 30.
1: Yes, we talked Did you not watch last week's show? Yeah, there's I mean there is it has been pointed out to me in the in the since then that like there is like a thing you can you can opt into on steam that gives you everything, you know, 100% or something. You know, there's there's oh, really? other options you can take. Um, so there's there's devs I know that were not as as they're a little more skeptical of the epic game store getting that kind of traction, but um, Well, today Discord undercut Epic now discord has only taken
0: 10 percent.
1: <laughs> this is great this is so well sifted store can be the first to pay developers <laughs> to put their games on it and no one will make any this money. this is
0: what we're talking about though and we always say competition
1: is good it's
0: always good that's why if you're a fan of playstation and you see a great nintendo game that's good that's good for you even as a playstation owner because competition makes people raise their game and they'll make better games whatever they're doing they're going to do it better they're going to strive to do it better and you're seeing it look at this epic comes in undercut steam and literally a week later discord's like eh hold my beer (laughs) and now it's just 10 so how low can it go we are about to find out exactly how much it really costs
1: somewhere gabe newell sadly cancels his next ferrari yes oh yeah (laughs) his fleet
0: his his livery of Ferraris that are on the way across the, the ocean right now. It's But we are about to see how much steam has been gouging us all mm. this time. And how well steam can react. And truth be told, look, ba- the cost of bandwidth has come down a ton yeah.
1: since steam was launched.
0: But... Steam has never passed those savings on to the consumer.
1: No, Steam was always... Its,
0: its profit margin has just yeah. increased and I And I think increased. The, the
1: argument you would probably hear for that internally, or at least from from Valve, would be like, well, we're the ones who took that risk originally, so we're going to keep reaping those profits until someone makes it impossible for it to do, and I yeah, guess that are. day has come. <laughs> the day has definitely come. How, how much do you think they can cut down? I can't I see think it getting can... less than eight. Eight is... I mean, that's bare bones... You, know, you still
0: look, you still have to pay people to operate. Yeah, you still run got a, you've still got the margins
1: for operation. It's not
0: just about how much it costs to send that file.
1: Like someone who wanted to do wanted to go like like Elon Musk, cutthroat, psychotic with like employees. We'll lose a ton like of em, money, but we'll make treatment. a ton because people will invest. I mean, like more like employee treatment. Oh, if You wow. want to like run a people ragged in a like a borderline indentured servant situation? Yeah. Like you may drop it to five. But that would be, cra- that would be like. I don't think that'll happen. Bare operations, like you must, you, you would have to have an end game in in. Place You'd have to be Elon beyond Musk just that. and you would have
0: robots doing everything.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: <laughs> Which is pretty much what he's doing at this point. Well, not yet. Um, Congrim One, what are your thoughts on the Street Fighter V sponsored content? We'd be watching any of the Capcom Cup.
1: I'll probably watch the the finals on Sunday. How do you feel um, about
0: seeing ads in games that you paid full price for?
1: It's silly. Um, it's a way to get, like, more fight money for, like, to, to buy, like, the outfits and stuff. But the real problem is that, like, there were, there were a couple way, good ways to get, like, a fair amount of fight money. Like, the, the dramatic battle, or co-op battle, or whatever, and stuff like that. And, like, they've repeatedly nerfed those to basically herd the, the players into, into using the, the in, you know, the in-stream ads. And, like, that's annoying. Like, I don't really use the fight money for much. I, usually, I tend to just buy the packs when they're on sale, like, during the tournaments, because they usually do pretty good deals, like, you know, on outfits or whatever. Like, you know, six months to eight months after they come out, you get a pretty good deal on something. Um, I just play the game to play the game when I do it. Um, but I totally understand why people feel like they're kind of getting... They're getting, like, free-to-play railroaded in this game they paid 50 bucks or 60 bucks for. And it's like, yeah, that's... And, like you know you're are you still paying money every year every season to subscribe and get the new characters and stuff it's like capcom how 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 hard do you want to squeeze that stone you know at a certain point it's just it can't you can't be losing that much money like right like it's the business model feels very scattershot right now so i don't know i think it's i think it's silly at best and sort of sleazy at worst and uh I guess my real opinion on that depends on where, what they're advertising to me. So yep. I don't know. Here's a follow up as
0: well. Um, do you think Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo would ever cut their share down
1: to 12% or lower? I don't know. I, I don't know if they really have that same kind of pressure because they, they own the platform. Exactly. It's a closed system. Yeah. Nobody can come in and compete with them. But yeah, you, can't, you, like, you'll you nev- can't undercut Microsoft to put something on an Xbox. Yeah,
0: I mean, so. you can't ever sell Microsoft's first-party games. You can't sell Nintendo's first-party games. It'll just never happen. Yeah, I mean, the so. closest
1: you get is like a brick-and-mortar store selling like Titanfall 2 for 5 bucks on a bargain bin, yep. which I've seen everywhere this year. Yep. So, yeah, I, they're, they're safe. They're basically in a closed system, yeah. clo-
0: their own ecosystem where they can set prices and do whatever they want. Yeah, and the true. only way you can change that is by not buying stuff. Mm -hmm. and if you don't buy stuff then the prices will drop but otherwise yeah
1: they they hold all the cards in that case yeah if you if you could end run around that someone would have done it to nintendo by now Uh, oh, absolutely that's for sure all right we're gonna call it
0: right there that's it for our q a section uh and that's it for the last normal episode of game phase for 2018 it's been a great year thank you guys for going along with us and uh watching us every week we really appreciate you guys especially the folks who are on there every week And you guys just asked probably the best questions of the entire year right Mm. there. You guys knocked it out of the park. So one last episode of Game Face. It's not really Game Face. It's our Game of the Year episode. That is on Tuesday night. The Game of the Face. Yep. Uh, Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be back. And that will be the last stream for 2018. I am getting out of here next Wednesday to fly back to the East Coast. And I will be back there until at least past uh, New Year's, a day or two past New Year's. Um, As I've mentioned before, it's Christmas, and then my wedding anniversary is December 28th, and we always do something for a day day or two for that. So, um, let's see. Uh, If you want to buy shirts, you should buy them in the next few days. Uh, Otherwise, they're not going to get shipped out until after we get back from the holidays. Um, And otherwise, yeah, just get ready for our big game of the year blowout on Tuesday, and we'll see you then. Game Face is up and out.